What's happening, everyone? Welcome to the Paranormies. My name is Johnny Monoxide, and tonight I am joined by a whole bunch of guys tonight. What's up? Uh, we got Dogbot. What's up, man? Not much. Uh, I just wanted to say, everyone who's listening to this, please buy the new Painted Worlds album on Bandcamp.com. Oh, you just one dollar. Okay, we will do that again later too. Also joining us, Reinhard von Krieger. What's up? What is up? Nothing clever to say. Uh, except for we mentioned on Tuesday, I was supposed to be on vacation. Uh, that did not end up happening. So I am very friggin' happy to be here tonight. All right. Yes, no vacation for you. Uh, Jack, the intern in the corner, taking notes. What's up, kid? I'm just here to enjoy the ride. Right on. You do, you do that. You enjoy the ride. And joining us all the way from the other side of the pond to the west, Mr. Altskull. Hello, sir. Hello, sir. And welcome, me, gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, dude? Welcome to the show. Ah, I wanted to, what'd you guys think? I let the whole, I let the whole, uh, song play. You guys like that? That was a great version. I like the bubbly sounds towards the end. Who makes those? This is once again, a FEMA camp band leader. Good friend of mine. Uh, He's been doing this for a couple years. Yeah. Those are really good. Yeah. He actually, um, he's made music for two shows I've been on. He did one that I stole from him. And mixed it up for the White Genocide uh, remix for this week in White Genocide. Did that a couple years ago too. But he's been doing our he's been doing our theme song for four seasons, not counting the one that Zurius did for us, Zurius and LSR. Man, they're always they're always out of the park too. I love the uh, the orchestral version too. That one's that great. Was, that one. was that FEMA or was that someone else? No, that one was sent in um, by a listener with an email, and it was just like a like a waltz version of the theme song. It was great. We that have was an, so good. Yeah, we have a metal version that Death, one of our former panelists from season one, he did he did one for us from uh, his little computer studio and his guitar made the metal version. We have another metal version that is supposedly. On its way, no pressure hook, but, uh, you know, no pressure. Actually, yes, that's uh, Wolver, actually. I'll be sending him, uh, if you can email me all the copies of our theme song, I'll be sending them to Wolver so he can get started. Oh, if I, you were talking to me? I thought you were talking to him. Yeah. Oh, you want me to email if you, you can, all the, yeah. Can, uh, yeah, we'll do that later. Yeah, if you can grab those for me, uh, I'll send them off to Wolver and, and he really wants to get started on that. Okay. Okay, I didn't realize that the whole project was being held up by me. My bad. All right, we'll no, it's not. Oh, <laughs> it's okay. not you. I just got the message last night at like oh. 11 o'clock. Oh, I was just saying, because Hook had said to me, Hook from the podcast, Metal Up Your Fash, uh, he, he said a little while back that he had uh, an idea for another metal version of the Paranormies theme song. So that's going to have all the great. metal Paranormies songs. Juice. There was a bluegrass version a while back that uh, Genocide Janitor did a long time ago. It's just like a, a quick banjo version of it. So it's been, there's, I don't think we have a drum and bass version yet, Dogbot. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the people I know that still make really good drum and bass <laughs> are kind of shit libby. Mm. So that's unlikely. It's gay. Yeah, yeah, we right. did have someone in our chat who did a uh, quick ukulele version like months ago. 
Yeah, that was with the anticipation we were going to have the uh, the most dangerous anthropologist on Twitter and uh, YouTube. How is the on the but show? I, I, f- I feel like when whenever we do an, another episode that has to do with hidden history and anthropology specifically, we should just use it anyway. Um, <laughs> it's going to be a while. We need Before more we than a de- need more than a demo version though. Like that was like a, like oh, the yeah. guy literally just sort of posted like a quick demo version. The quick ten it seconds funny, of the though, song. How uh, it was it was still like a minute and a half, but it was funny how how little time it took for him to just like figure it out and play it. I'd be able to get Storm King to do a ukulele version. Uh, that's that's uh pretty well there produced. You go. My buddy that runs Nationalist Audio Telegram channel that always shares mine and Dogbots and uh, shares the channels, podcasts and stuff. He plays guitar really, really well. Maybe I can bully side him into making a version, a guitar, a acoustic guitar version. <laughs> Just have all the chill Paranormies theme yes. versions. Just right. all the par- right. different Paranormies theme song styles. We get like a Joe Satriani ish version. We get like a. Like a doom metal version, get a uh, like a string cheese incident sort of version, jam band version. Oh man, <laughs> with a nice twelve minute guitar solo in the middle. Yeah, it'll be fun. See, Dan- Daniel Coon would love that. I'm sure. I want to hear the Ween version. Oh God, the Ween Jesus. version. Then it would be a you fish want- <laughs> cover. Then yeah. You, you want to hear two guys get fucked up on nitrous and rec- and record <laughs> some stuff into a four track? That's what you're saying. <laughs> like that's, basically, <laughs> that's, yeah. Push the no. little daisies, paranormies, Skull yes. and Johnny get fucked up on nitrous. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> no, thank you. It's been a long time since I've been to the dentist. That's yeah. <laughs> whippets. Oh my god, we're not 16 anymore, guys. I went to a Ween concert in Portland in the 90s, and it was one of the best concerts I've ever been to. There was tons of uh, women getting completely naked and jumping on the stage. It was actually pretty impressive. I heard yeah, I heard they actually put on a pretty good show back then. Um, I never really yeah. got into them, but I, I heard the live show was good. Piss Up a Rope is probably the best country song ever written, and it was written right. by Ween. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 12 Country Greats is, is a great album, actually. But no, just that, like two songs, but country. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you it's know, better than most. The words <laughs> "country" and "great" in the same sentence, guys. Come on, let's stop. Yeah, let's just not. Yeah, I, unless the, it's Waylon Jennings, the I don't want to hear. Least, least, least big fan of country music you'll ever find. So, oh, yeah. it's a Johnny V, <laughs> the guy you were telling me about earlier, who's only ever listened to like Waylon Jennings and Led Zeppelin. No, he's only <laughs> ever listened to. No, no, no. Sorry. He's only ever listened to Waylon Jennings, David Allen Coe, um, Hank Jr., George Jones, and um, oh, who's the other one that's like Waylon Jennings? One more Luke guy. Bryan. No, no. Like I'm talking about like actual country, but there's like oh it, Keith Urban. N- no, stop it. That's like saying Justin Bieber. Like yeah, yeah. You're you're doing that on purpose. Stop doing that. Um, no, I can't remember the guy's name. Anyways, whatever. He's only listened like, yeah, he's like almost 30 and the only music he's ever listened to is those six country artists. I'm like, that's, that's dedication to a genre, really. Also sad. Also sad. Yeah. There's a lot of other music out there. 
Unfortunately, I mean, not a lot of it's good. Neurosis and yeah. sleep. Well, and yeah, if, listen. If you listen to <clears throat> if you listen to Waylon Jennings and David Allen Coe, I doubt you're going to be into neurosis and sleep. Like, it's a, <laughs> just gonna just gonna put that out there. Calling that one right there. That's my <laughs> shot right there. That's I'm calling. I don't that. know, man. Be it from Nashville. <laughs> the rare Venn diagram of sleep and Luke Bryan fans. Yeah. Right. <laughs> You'll find it in Nashville. I guarantee you. Guarantee Asheville you. or Nashville? Nashville. Does it matter at Tennessee. this point? Actually, at this point, what difference does it matter? I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair enough. Well, no, Asheville is more like at at least they're more like mountain climbing muscular bros. Asheville in North Carolina. No, Asheville's they all like hippie soy fags. What are you talking about? Uh, there's there's some Sure, there's oh, okay. some. I mean Fine. there's both, some in San Francisco too, amount. but that doesn't mean that the whole place doesn't need to be nuked from the sky. In Minecraft. Fair enough. Fair in enough. Minecraft. They both have a good amount of like decent dudes, but they're outnumbered by all the fags. Oh, for sure. Nashville yeah. and Asheville, not San Francisco. No, San Francisco is like a million to one, like, you know, gays to people that are salvageable. All right, Jesus that's enough. Christ. It's not Sorry, 38 minutes worth, but um, I think I think that's satisfactory shit posting for this evening. What do you think, guys? We done yet, Jack? Yes. <laughs> Has it been 38 minutes? No, it hasn't. We have a lot of good content, though. We, we do. We really do. We actually have a Maybe lot of good content. Couple. And well, what was supposed to happen is that uh, Reinhardt wasn't supposed to be here. And Skull was going to come on, and we were just going to... I figured we were just going to bullshit about the um, about the, the, the video that shall not be named that gets posted 37 times a day in the chat. But uh, and I figured we'd just do that, but Skull came with like a, a full outline and pages of, of things and, and, and a portfolio it's full of... Dogbot bully stuff. Did he? Yeah, I did. Dogbot bullied me into it. By yeah. making fun of your addiction said, uh, to Rage Against the Machine? Part. He said, and I quote, well, are we just going to shoot the shit for two hours? <laughs> that, that yeah, is uh, perfectly... are, we, are we doing a movie review on the, on the Iwananon uh, stuff? Like, uh, you know, generator, vibrator, both have the word Tor in them. <laughs> well, and I said, screw you guys. I'm, I'm joining. Like, I, I canceled my own wife's flight. I started a storm in Texas just so I can come on and talk about that. All right. Um, I was perfectly happy shitposting about, um, you know, Michael Caine's uh, more autistic younger brother or whatever that guy is. Like, That's that, literally what I was going to say. Yeah. Or his son. Her son, yeah, his autistic son. Yeah, it's, it's a little more, he's a little more Southie than, uh, than Michael Caine. No, Michael Caine's like a pretty like an old Southie, so, Yeah. My fr- my friend told me it's a Brisbane accent. Really? Yeah. That's one I had not heard. I heard from most people, including Jack, that it was a black British guy, most likely. Seriously? That's he what sounds like a like a Jamaican with a British accent. No. I wouldn't I say heard. Jamaican black, but he definitely sounds a little mixed. Like island black. But it's Jack, what was Southern it that you English. actually if, said? If you're talking Brisbane is in Australia, yeah. he doesn't sound he doesn't sound Australian at all. Does not even Gold Coast. Sounds like, sounds like Michael Caine's accent to me. That's, I just imitate Michael Caine whenever I'm making fun of him. That's what I'm getting is Michael Caine, but just a little more like like audacious, you know. 
especially in the second series. The first series, though, yes. what on earth happened? It's like he's not, you know, he's just telling the stuff. And then in the second series, The Lost History of Flat Earth, it's just like he's all dramatic. The pauses, the breathing. Like, you know, it's like, <laughs> it's, it's pretty yeah. funny. It's pretty funny. But the, but the videos are you yeah, know, they're, you can, they're great. You can hear it evolve over the One on Earth Happens series because he gets more to where he's like Lost History of Flat Earth accent toward the end of that. But mm -hmm. yeah, once he jumps into Lost History of Flat Earth, it's just com it's completely over the top. And you can tell too. Whenever he, whenever he goes through the first series, you can hear just when you're when he says the word Earth, you can hear it go from Earth to Earth. Yes. Yeah. E A R F. I crop dusted my entire department. Smell with your own nose for the first time. <laughs> no, my favorite Are is. Are you admitting something here? Yeah, stop, dog. Bite. Like, it's there's enough dog. But there's enough funny material in making fun of his stuff. Like the. Never mind. Um, but his. You can replace so many things with his cadence and tone, and it just becomes something entirely yeah, different. But like when when he says something, he's like, yeah, right. The yeah right and the uh, I want to I want to hear Edward Henry's uh, audio book, The Greatest Lie on Earth, narrated by Uarnon. Oh my god! <laughs> this I, I wanna, entire book. <laughs> I want to hear him do the same. I want to hear him do a mystery transvestigation video, but with, but with his cadence and tone. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> lady Gaga, lady, yeah right. <laughs> Good God! But we do have content relating to this. Yes, and then yeah, and I just wanted to say that he he says geyser is really funny. Yes, yes. I bet he says garage really funny too. Garage, yeah. It's, it's garage. 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 How can you mangle a, such an easy word? I don't know. Like that. Like, how did they do that? But you know well, what English old faithful is, is, right? Is the NWO of languages. So. Yeah, we'll get to that. Maybe we, we might have time to get to that. But uh, yes, old faithful is a geezer. It's like no. Is that what he? Said? Yeah. That's He's like, do, do you see these <laughs> these perfect bubbles? A geezer. Yes. Oh and I'm looking, God. I'm driving, right? And I'm driving, I have it on so I can listen to it because it is something you can listen to and just kind of catch out of the corner of your eye. It's very beautifully done. The um, I don't want to call it cinematography. It's pretty much just a, a it's a slideshow, really, mostly. Um, and but it's well, still really well done. Yeah, it's a well-narrated slideshow. And the music is good. Yeah, the music is good. And like it's very thematic and dramatic. Um, he, does a good, he does a very good job with it. And I, I rather enjoyed it all the times I've watched all the parts. Um, but yeah, he said geezer, and I about died laughing. So he, he, misspe he mispronounces a bunch of words that way in his own British idiom. <laughs> so anyway, speaking of... So his... One of the things that he talked about that some people have mentioned in other documentaries and other, other research uh, is the Antiquitech uh, we've talked about it a lot on um, the Antiquitech being a lot of the aerials and uh, antennae and things on the roofs uh, were energy collectors and energy receptors and energy. Um, uh, 
sources conduits. Of, excuse me, conduits. Yes, thank you. Um, and well, how does that work, right? Well, they they took the energy from the air, from the ether. Well, Iwaranon kind of goes into and in a lot of uh, how that actually works, and that's pretty much what you where you wanted to start, wasn't it, Skull? Yeah, um, I'm not so good at explaining how the thing works, but I kind of get what he's talking about. And I just wanted to sort of talk about the, the idea, the, the general idea rather than the machinations of how the things are put together. But it does seem like these, um, well, starting with the cathedrals, uh, for me, for my part, like I always thought the beautiful architecture, the impossible architecture, and the fact that it was the same, basically the same basic things that we see across the realm with the domes and the spires and the, I don't know if the word, I don't know if the, it's him pronouncing the word weird or I'm pronouncing it wrong. Like I say cupolas, he says cupolas, but those little basket areas at the top uh, of near the spires and then the antenna and all of these things that we've seen all over across all the continents and they, it's basically the same exact architectural design, right? Like look at the Capitol building, Look at um, you may have different ones like in in Russia or India. There the the domes are a little bit of a different shape, but basically they still have the domes, the antennas, and the cupolas, and all of that. And I thought, oh wow, that's really cool. Well, there was the civilization, and it was the same civilization. And they were creating the same kinds of buildings all over the place. But then when I watched the uh, Ewokanon video, I realized for the first time pretty much that these were actually uh, power generators. And his explanation of it as a power generator was extremely good, I thought. And he goes into the ideas of electromagnetics and how um, the the spires and the domes and the cupolas and stuff, the pillars and all of these work as a machine, actually, to take the etheric electricity that's in the atmosphere and then take it in and store it and then distribute it to other areas and then goes even further in like talking about the triumphal arches and how they work as uh, if you th think about, about a horseshoe magnet and uh, when you put the poles together, that creates a kind of electromagnetic magnetic energy. And then if you look at the cities, uh, the way that these old cities are laid out, they're literally laid out like a circuit board. And um, especially if you look at like Paris or something, and Paris is really interesting because Paris used to be, uh, a star fort as well, like the whole design of the outer edges of Paris are in the shape of a star fort, which we'll get to later. But then in the center of the city is this gigantic triumphal arch, and we ask, like, what, what's that thing doing there? And uh, it appears to be, according to that video, that these things are gigantic energy generators that provided power to the entire city. And then it goes even beyond that. I'm not going to jump into that just yet, but it seems like... Um, they serve multiple purposes in that they have healing properties as well as who who knows what else, right? Like um, when you have these operations that occur today by the evil controllers of the system, I don't know who the controllers of these old cities were, if they were um, good or if they were, you know, maybe they were the cities of Cain and they were just as evil as these people are today, but they, um, it was a different age, who knows, but it does seem like the controllers today, when they do these operations, they get all of these multiple benefits out of them. So like, for example, the coronavirus, they get the, you know, you get the mask and you put people into the mask and that's a depersonalization ritual, but it's also something that makes people sick and it draws down their immune system and you have this bacteria rag over your face and then you have the hand sanitizer, which actually 
you know, ostensibly is keeping these germs off of your hands, but what it's doing is it's stripping your hands of the essential oils that your body cre- creates to uh, protect you from these exact same germs, and then all of the, you know, multiple negative degrading benefits that the system controllers get out of these evil operations, it seems like almost like it was the opposite with the star forts and with these um, wonderful looking buildings. Mm. Like, uh, you know, just think about the Vatican, if you want a good example of what we're talking about and uh, the domes and the spires and the antennas and the cupolas, like giving distributing energy to the outer reaches of the cities. And then the whole thing being connected across the world and then also um, pipe organs and resonance frequencies and healing properties that these buildings may have had at one time before they were repurposed and turned into the different things that they are today. So that's, I don't know, that's kind of a general overview of what I was thinking about when we um, planned this episode out. All right, that's a rather large overview. Um, what you said just now about how the uh, the controllers of today get multiple uses out of all of these crises that they manufacture uh it's almost like the exact inversion of what you know the old world order got out of their stuff you know what i mean like where everything they they got was good it was healing and energy and positive and everything that the controllers of today are getting is all negative and actually probably physical maybe it's maybe it's uh again it's another just a manifestation of the inversion of everything that was before I, I've begun to accept what we call what the average public calls science as its own religion. And I, I've, I've been looking around at the hand sanitizer bottles and it seems like hand sanitizer is now like basically the holy water of people that worship scientism. Absolutely. Yep. That is, I agree yeah. with you a hundred percent on that. Well, and, and what we would call the healing, um, and we'll we'll be talking about this a lot, Skull. I'm sure the the energy, the vibration, the healing, cymatics um, through water and sound. Um, you know, just because it was used doesn't mean it was used for uh, in the best way. Like you said, these these could have been the old cities of Cain. We don't know who these controllers were necessarily, um, but we know that they did have this technology. So that's that's why all this is is very important to know. Because these controllers are unknown at this point. Sure. Yeah, that's why I didn't make any kind of assumptions as to, like, these cities were very beautiful and magnificent. But right now, uh, the Vatican is has the most beautiful buildings in the world. And then there's all this bad stuff coming out of the Vatican. So there's nothing to say that these cities were necessarily just these benevolent, lovely people and uh, I don't want to make any assumptions about what they were. I mean, maybe it was just to heal the elites of that time. Who knows? But, I mean, it would be right. nice to think it was a nicer age in which well, there was a more benevolent rule where people could, you know, just be there, you know, just kind of live and, hey, have a nice place and raise kids and a family and stuff. But who knows? That could have actually, you know, like been what it was. And that was the whole point of having them all over the realm because these things are literally everywhere. That's one of the that's one of the the got you know that the people seem to think is a gotcha for uh, for them is that they're like oh yeah well we colonized here 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 and here and that's why there's these you know French star forts here where the French colonized here just and also the Dutch and also the Germans and also the British and also the you know they just so happened to have this coalition of uh, architectures or excuse me architects to do all the same architecture all over the world right but um. 
the the fact that they were everywhere, you know, that these power grid structures, the the star forts that were um, energy generating stations, the the cathedrals that were uh, different types of energy generation stations, are everywhere. Um, I think that lends a little bit to the it being you know for everybody, as opposed to just for the elites. Maybe you know. Well. Oh, sorry. Finish, Johnny. No, go ahead. I just said, uh, do, you, do you follow what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, I wanted to reference the higher side chat episode that I mentioned on the, um, the catacombs show. Um, you know, the Freemason that was on there admitted that there was this, this ancient standard of uh, sacred geology and geometry that existed uh, in the ancient world and not so ancient world, I would say, um, so standard of building these great civilizations, these buildings, uh, these temples, these energy star forts, whatever they were, there's a standard that was clearly followed for thousands of years. And why was it followed? There's a reason for it. It had an effect on the ancient population mm-hmm. or not so ancient. Um, so there is something to it, well- just it, even beyond the star forts. Well, I mean, even with the star forts, just the way that some of them manipulate the water around them, like the canal systems and stuff, you know, there were, yeah, Skull, like, you, you've been big on the, uh, is it Dr. Moto in Japan? You've been uh, big on the, Mo- the water. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So let's talk about the cymatics for a little bit. So if anybody's not familiar with what cymatics are, it's, um, a frequency when applied to water, or to, it's not necessarily just water. Um, it works with sand. It works with probably the atmosphere itself, but it produces a pattern. So a certain amount of hertz will produce a geometric shape. And so a low hertz frequency will produce a more simple geometric shape. And uh, the best way to think about them, if you don't have an immediate visual aid, is to think of them as snowflakes because they look exactly like snowflakes and you know some snowflakes are simple hexagonal um shapes and then some are far more complex and they have branching triangles and little the crystals go out and they're more and more complex shapes well those are the result of actual frequencies um sound frequencies or vibrations and the shape of the object is determined by whatever the frequency whatever frequency is applied to it and so when you do these experiments with Water. So, Dr. Masaru Masaru Emoto, uh, Japanese guy, doctor, guy, <laughs> scientist, he started um, doing these experiments with water. And the first thing he did was he went to these very clean streams, non polluted streams, and he took the water and he would freeze the water and he would use this microscope to look at like individual crystalline patterns in the water. And he noticed that they had the same shape as snowflakes. So then he took the experiment a little bit further, and he started applying different frequencies and different um, music to the water. And so what he found was all of these different frequencies, you could take the exact same water from the exact same place, and all of these different frequencies would produce a different shape, a different crystalline pattern in the water. And also, he took polluted water and froze that and noticed that the pattern or shape was completely chaotic and deformed and ugly, okay? And then he even took the uh, experiment a step further, took polluted water, played 
beautiful music or played, um, yeah, I think he played beautiful music, like uh, classical music, like Beethoven, over it. And the crystalline shapes actually reorganized and they beautiful patterns again. And so what that says to me is that, oh, wait, I want to talk about it a little bit further before I say this. He uh, also is the father of something called the Rice Experiment. And he also did this with the water, too, in which he spoke to the water and to uh, he took a uh, three cups of cooked rice and to one cup of cooked rice he said I love you every day and then to another cup of cooked rice he said I hate you I want to I want to kill you I wish you were never born or something like that and then to another cup of rice he completely ignored and then he this experiment has been uh, conducted many times it's been repeated many times over across many different people under many different conditions and it produces the same results basically every single time the rice that was uh, told, I love you, stayed healthy for weeks and weeks. And then the rice that was told, I hate you, it got mold and it turned black. And then actually the rice that was ignored actually got even worse than the rice that was told, I hate you. I guess because the rice that was told, I hate you, got some form of attention. And the rice that was completely ignored was completely neglected and didn't get any energy whatsoever. So very interesting experiment. And the same oh. applies with water. The same applies with... Um, uh, the uh, the water experiment that he did, and it worked with music. And you've heard about uh, people talking to their plants, right? And people say, oh, yeah, well, talking to your plants. Remember that, that old canard that talking to your plants and uh, helps them grow and become healthy? Well, that's actually true because there's a form of energy from our words, from the vibration, from the intention. That's just, This is the, the basis of prayer, in my opinion. And so, in my opinion, what that means is that if your body is made of more than 70% water, then the frequencies that are applied to your body are going to have a, a monumental effect upon your health, upon your well-being, upon your, uh, spiritual, uh, your spiritual health. And so it appears to me that these cathedrals, and probably we'll get into the star forts in a minute, um, the star forts as well had some sort of effect using that frequency. And the... Uh, Cathedrals, the most obvious, um, the, the most obvious evidence of that would be the gigantic organs, the the pipe organs that are found in all of these churches, and they're found in even in small churches. They're found in so many churches, and you'll see these magnificent pipe organs that are just. I mean, uh, I know that uh, my church in Texas uh, got donated a pipe organ, and it wasn't even one of these massive, magnificent ones, and it was a million dollars. It was some some guy donated a million dollars to make one of these things. And you'll see these ones that are just unbelievable, right? And I believe that that was part of the tech that was uh, installed in these cathedrals. And part of the purpose of these cathedrals was that these um, pipe organs probably emitted a healing frequency that fixed everything in your body, that, that created a, um, a, a cymatic positive environment so that your body could heal, so that it would eliminate disease so that it would repair uh, damaged tissue and stuff. And probably, uh, in my opinion, it's kind of like the parts of the cathedrals that have been removed, like uh, whatever was it was in the cupolas, or it, there was those hexagonal uh, generator areas outside of the cathedrals and stuff. It mm -hmm. looks like something's been removed. There's probably been something removed from well, the pipe organs as well, so that they can't be used in the way that they were once. There's also... Um in the in the uh, the rose windows, um, they added the glass. The glass acts as an insulator, so it doesn't do uh, what it's supposed to do either. A lot of that stained glass, 
is not supposed to be there because uh, it actually interferes with the electromagnetic uh, energy. Um, and now with the, uh, with the frequency stuff, like you were talking about the pipe organs and their different healing frequencies. Now, when people think of healing frequencies, it's all like hippy dippy, you know, uh, 832 Hertz is a tone associated with redirecting the mind away from overthinking. It's all like, you know, new agey bullshit where before the sound frequencies were actually like more likely to actually physically heal you, keep you, um, you know, in good sound mind and body where, now I, I want to say, not, I, I, go ahead, talk about. I, I just had a one-liner. I just said, "Imagine not overthinking." Yeah, I, I was, I wanted to go back to the sound experiment uh, with the music earlier. Okay. Of, uh, you know, when, man, when you saw the results of death metal, like, I was like, man, yeah, you know, that really bummed me out. Not, I mean. It, yeah. I, I, I don't listen to a lot. I don't listen to a lot of death metal anymore. But you know, just like you know, it, it seems so. Like it, it, when you look at the results of the other the other forms of music, and then you look at death metal right next to it, it's like, wow, that seems like really damaging. Yeah, <laughs> yeah really, I know that one yeah. hurt my feelings the yeah, most. I will still listen to it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> my frequency is already damaged. <laughs> right, right. My pineal gland's already calcified. I, I was in. So school um i read or heard many times that there was an experiment where people listened to classical music before studying and then they listened to death metal before studying and they did the people that listen to classical music scored far higher on tests afterwards than people who listen to death metal and i, I mean i, I mean that. we saw the results so yeah <laughs> i i disproved that i disproved that Johnny, but also talking about history class and how i used to yeah you know just go really hard yeah it was always death metal and black metal Always. Yeah. No, dude, it's like the flu shot. If he hadn't gotten it, it would have been much worse. <laughs> right, right, right. I get it now. Damn yeah. it. Oh, speaking of shots, uh, did you see that? Um, I think it was the CDC or maybe it was the, the British fags that said it. But uh, those who are vaccinated and double vaccinated are more likely to carry COVID. Wow. <laughs> well, the head of the CDC said There's... that we are going to be seeing after the Delta variant... And the uh, conspiracy theories of the unvaccinated, we are going to be seeing a pandemic of the unvaccinated. They're calling us a pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. Now, we, there is no more COVID. It is now the unbelievers, Yeah, which is how it always was. And I'm just saying everyone who called it is sitting in this freaking Skype chat yeah. right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. We were the just first. I heard. I, I overheard somebody at work today complaining about people who didn't feel like wearing masks, uh, keeping this thing going on, and now there's variants. And this person was bragging about being vaccinated and everything. This person, when they got their second shot, was out for two weeks. Now, you could say that they were saying that they were actually really well and just saying they needed to be out for two weeks and was trying to get like a free, uh, you know, was was trying to like get a free two weeks out of the company, but you know, it, it doesn't matter. You still missed two fucking weeks because you got a second shot and all the, and you know what? All the people that haven't gotten vaccinated at the facility, they didn't miss any time. Yeah. Interesting. Uh-huh. You know, how it'd be on, like that. I was just telling you guys the other day that I had to work extra when I was trying to do prep for this very show. And I was completely slammed at work because the teacher that I hired 
got the vaccine the day before, and then the next day she's sick with a fever and she couldn't come into work. And, and she wasn't lying because she doesn't get paid if she doesn't come in. She's just a part-time worker, and I, I mean, she had no reason to lie. And I was literally telling her a few days before that, I don't think it's a good idea. I don't think you should do that. You don't know what's in this thing. And she's like, yeah, but I want to go to Canada next year, so I want to be able to travel, so I'm just going to go ahead and get it. And I'm just like, oh, my God, dude. I want to go to Canada? Why would anybody... Imagine go killing Canada. yourself yeah. so you can go to Canada. Right. She's Japanese. She doesn't know what it's like, I guess. Oh, Jesus Christ. Can confirm it's not worth it. <laughs> yeah. I think Ronald Neither Reagan actually did me a favor. I got a DUI. I'm not allowed in Canada. So. <laughs> Thanks, Ronald Reagan. Ronald um, Reagan was like, um, anybody from Canada that has marijuana charges on their record is not allowed in the United States. And Canada was like, oh, yeah? Hold my beer. No DUIs from the United States in Canada. That's like a third of the country has a DUI. I was going to say, yeah, that's quite a bit. In California, um, it's at least half the population. Well, that's that's fair. But yeah. do you really see any, like, ning-dongs going to Canada? There's blacks in Canada. Did you say ning-dongs? Are there? Did you say ning They called us ning-dongs. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> we'll talk about that on Tuesday, even more. I can't stop laughing about that. <laughs> the quote race war, oh. the sports ball oh. race war. Um, real quick, I don't know how close we are to to the hour. No, we got um, we got like twenty about, minutes. We got like twenty minutes. So let's get back to cathedral. Okay, we're talking about the love, like the the healing and. Um, well, the healing power of water, vibration, sound, energy, all yes. of that. Cymatics. Um, in the book, in the book that we have, uh, the One World Tartarians by James Lee, uh, page one hundred three. If I can read just a little part. Sure. Um, uh, he says, "Once upon a time, when the temples of free energy architecture were used to rise, man. I don't know. There are a lot of typos in this book. Uh, the organs of churches were used as a harmony bomb." The songs were tuned and played at a sacred healing tone at 528 megahertz. It was not allowed to change the frequency of the earth for using, for example, 440 megahertz, uh, which divided by 12 equals 36.666. This frequency disharmonizes humanity, leaving human beings agitated, angry, sick, and it was not allowed. So the correct frequency there was, uh, so the correct frequency, they were regenerating concert halls. And when people recharge themselves with pleasant music while buildings collected the energy of the ether. Now, one thing I want to add to that, the, um, what is it called? Uh, oh, it's a fifth. Um, the devil's note. Oh, the I've tritone, the flattered fifth. Yeah, yeah. I've got to look it up. It's uh, called the tritone. It's a flattered fifth. Oh, yeah, thick, it's literally. The brown note? No, the brown no, no dog the bots. Devil's note. No, it's the devil's something. I know exactly what you're talking about. Um, <sighs> tree, devil's tree tritone. The devil's tritone. tritone. Yeah. Yes, yeah. that's what I just said. Uh, Diabolusi musica. Yes, uh, the flatted fifth, the triad, flatted fifth. Nigga, so I just said that. This, this alone got me interested in the music situation. Um, back about five years ago, I heard about this. And yeah, the uh, the effect that this has, and it's used a lot in metal 
and darker tone music, um, it has a very distinct effect, we've noticed. And this was actually banned by not just the Catholic Church, but by Orthodox and Protestant churches. Um, the Devil's the Devil's Fifth or Devil's Chord, whatever, um, back about 100, 150 years ago. Funny enough, mid-1800s. Hmm. 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 Right. So it, it is just very interesting that it is well known that music and the notes of mankind have had a very profound effect on us for a very long time, and everyone has known it. Sure. If you just I want mean, a, a really easy example of how that works, you can just think of the Jaws theme. The Jaws theme itself is um, it's a whole note followed by a flat right next to it. Dun, 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 dun. And it just creates this sense of foreboding. And you you can feel it in you when you you know it, you can do that to anybody you can do that to kids who haven't seen the movie Jaws and they'll know that something is coming you can feel something happening and, and I don't know I was just always found that fascinating how it's just two tones and then when you speed it up the foreboding actually in, increases and just imagine that applied to every single other emotion that you have mm-hmm. with the 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 12 tones that they have and the combinations of those tones and the different hertz and frequencies and the ways that that can be manipulated right in a a good way or a bad way and with the organs there's so many different combinations of things there's some of these have hundreds and hundreds of pipes and foot pedals and cranks and handles and levers and all kinds of these things are amazing now and and they're found in places now they're found in places where like in Mexico, there's like, you know, uh, there's a little town. It's literally four buildings, maybe. But inside the church is this pipe organ that's like well over a million dollars worth of, you know, art. Of art yep. you know, and it's like a hundred pipes, isn't it? Yeah. And yeah, there's literally nothing in the town, but, you know, a couple of places to tie your horse up because this is a literal horse and buggy town. And this amazing pipe organ that's in the Catholic church. You know, horse I guess and buggy the pipe organs. horse and buggy pipe organs put together by apparently some very autistic uh, Spanish monks. <laughs> la la bootstrapina and Mary Carey. <laughs> and well, no, yeah, well, that's um, later. That's French too. One one question I do have. So I I noticed actually on Apple Music because I am I am an iPhone guy. Haven't had new one in about five years. But I noticed on Apple Music, there is now a playlist of pre-classical music. Uh, it's a recreation of music before the classical era. And for anybody what? who isn't super interested in historical music, we don't have much before like the 1500s. 1600s. Like, we don't have hardly anything yeah. on yeah, this, according to actually. official narratives. Right. So it's very incredible to hear music that, according to, again, official narrative, that you know, people in the 15, 1400s, 1300s, and before making. would have listened to. Right. Um, was it like all yeah, lutes like, and like, uh, like lyre music, music? Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. And I'm, I'm wondering, so we have the Devil's Fifth. We have, like you said, Skull, the, the Jaws theme, which is the, the uh, what, the full note in the flat. Yeah. Uh, followed it's by just the flat. up and once, yeah. It's just, now, it, it seems up that we have half quite a bit of music that is foreboding, but I never grew up Catholic. I grew up Anglican um, and still never heard really much music that was that provided a, a beautiful, a good healing feeling. 
healing frequency, any of that. Um, do you guys think that today, literally all music, whether it's supposed to be Christian, um, country, metal, rap, whatever it is, is all centered around degenerating frequencies? It, it going just, into just the fact that all culture nowadays is meant to degenerate us, just like food. Yes, and also um, the fact that all music is done at 440 hertz, which is like you know the bad frequency for music. I think it's like 432 is what you're supposed to adjust your. If you can adjust your frequencies of your of your listening devices, um, 440 is actually uh, like bad for you. I don't know. Some music is really generally uplifting. Well, I'm talking well, I'm about the talking actual about frequency the that the music is actually broadcast at. But uh, yeah, there is definitely uplifting music. And even in some of the um, most degenerative or degenerate you know, genres of music, I've felt inspired or um, uplifted or whatever. You know, music does have a huge effect on your emotions, on you know, even your physical um, well-being yes you know yeah especially right. emotions like like just just take lifting for example right um unless you're like hannibal lecter you're not listening to like brahms lullaby you know you're you'd be lifting to to metal a lot of times uh you know rap is such an i don't know why people listen to rap maybe it's because it pisses them off but um like people yeah. listen well, to he, oh, go ahead db if you listen to the new Painted Worlds album, it is very uplifting, and it's uh, it's emotional, and it's uh, very mathematical. Yes. Yeah, I like. Um, <laughs> I, I, also, if you have any video that is supposed to be some kind of emotional uh, message that's being delivered, like um, you know, family with little kids or puppies mm -hmm. or something, and you add a certain kind of music to it, it will just crank the emotion up, like. Oh, yeah. um, mm -hmm. Uh, Canon is a great uh, song. Song is a great piece for adding to emotion to absolutely. Da, 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 you know what I'm talking about? The wedding, the wedding song. Uh, mm -hmm. Not not the typical wedding song, but Canon Pachelbel's Canon. Pachelbel's Canon yeah. is uh, amazing for yeah, yeah for uh, adding emotion to anything. So obviously it has that uh, it has a, a strong effect. I think what Reinhardt is saying is like generally the music that's put out doesn't have this healing effect that music I think used to have that doesn't have this Correct. positive vibrational effect sure. overall. And, and it speaks to like the, the general society, like, like he said, food, everything has become degraded and filled with toxins and mm -hmm. poisons and processed and hyper-processed and the nutrients are taken out of it and the nutritional, like uh, good parts of it, the fiber, the things that actually give you health have been taken out of it. And then, Society in general has been intentionally degraded in that, you know, anything that you see that comes off of a screen, you can think about things that you saw on a screen in the 1950s compared to the things that you see on a screen in the 2020s. And it's like, I mean, I think that the 1950s were actually not good either, but it was all there was all leading up to this. But you can definitely see the degradation of everything as it's happening around us by the control system. I really like what right. uh, I really like what Johnny had to say about rap and uh, and lifting because it's it is very aggravating stuff, but it's not it's not aggravating stuff you can get focused to, like it's literally out of all the genres of music that exist today, it's the most narcissistic. It it, it supports criminality, treating mm -hmm. uh, treating the people around you like crap. Uh, 
you don't know, start it, respecting women. It, it, material, don't start. Materialism, uh, drug use, like every aspect of living an unhealthy life is fully represented in that genre of music, mm-hmm. unlike anything else that was ever before that. No, I don't think there ever has been a genre of music that glorified drug use and, um, you know, abusing your body and relationships and uh, everything about society the way that rap does. Yeah, that and that's exactly what I was getting at Skull as well as is it just plays into the complete degeneration. And even even if it isn't the most basic notes of music like uh, Dogbot and Johnny you're talking about with rap, you know, it, it goes straight from the most basic forms of music all the way into the content and mm-hmm. uh, straight into our very lives right in front of us. Well, then you don't see beautiful things being built anymore, just like with the, the these buildings. Like, we don't know who put these buildings together, what kind of methods they had, what kind of technology that they had to um, build these buildings that, like, like um, the cathedrals, the, the really super massive ones that we see, like, in Cologne, Mm. Or uh, Notre Dame, Milan. or whatever, like that you couldn't even build today with today's um, building materials. As far as I know, I know maybe you could, but they don't get built. I know that. So whether or not we could, we no, don't. they can't. That's like, the thing, dude. Um, that's that's the like, thing. Who, who's they can't. the Beethoven of today? There isn't one. Like mm-hmm. who's the grand architect that's building cathedrals today? There aren't any, and that's not all. Doesn't seem to be by time. Yeah, I mean, I was gonna say Yanni. You know, but you stop, dude. Stop. You were on a roll of bad jokes and takes this evening. What the hell, dude? No, <laughs> Yanni. Yon, I mean, some of Yanni's music is uplifting, and it's pretty. It's yeah. it's not bad. Uh, you're serious, dude? David Arkenstone. At least he's a Christian. I mean, that's the okay. close. But no, there's no, there's no Beethoven. There's no Beethoven. There's no. There's no. No, Alba there's here. no Beethoven. No, there's nothing. No. There's no Beethoven. There's no Mozart. That's Implying, why I actually. Well, that's why I actually think that there's a possibility that some of this classical music is pre-classical in as much as it's um, free reset. You know, it's definitely these people. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, I agree. and I've I've started to view Beethoven, Franz Liszt, um, uh, who is another one. Oh, Liszt for sure. Remember. Oh, uh, Mozart. Um, these guys could be the same story as as uh, Shakespeare. Yeah. Sure, that's what I'm getting at. Sure, um, it reset quote musicians who really it's just this uplifting healing music that has been attributed to these people post reset, but really was used before then. Um, and we know music is very uplifting. It's healing. It's worshipful. That's right. We know. That's it. David. They just made up a story about a character, kind of like Mary Curie. Oh, well, oh, you want to save that for the second hour, dude? Yeah, I know, I know, I know. I know. We've got to be getting close to the. We are getting hour. close. To, we are so getting badly. close to the break. But on page one twelve, Reinhardt, page one twelve of that one world Tartarians book on the upper left corner, that is the cathedral in Milan. Everybody talks yes. about the crazy cathedrals. The cathedral in Milan, if if that one building, I I don't think there's any human being that can explain that away i know they tried to explain away yeah. the uh uh it was a chateau front hole up there in um Fontenoc, up there in, in canada um they tried to explain it away that using building, wikipedia which was still wrong it's still wrong 
you're still wrong is what I'm saying, but it was a nice try, but you can't explain away the cathedral in Milan. That's look at no. the statues it's, on top of the spires. Those are all one piece. There is no, there is no <laughs> damn way somebody got up on top of those spires and, and carved all of perfectly. That as there's perfectly as they one, did. Two, this three, shit looks like it's pulled straight out of there's, like a, a game of Thrones art book. In this well, picture, they would have carved it first and then added the spire. But there's like, no way they could have added. They, there's no what are they way. Gonna bring it with a helicopter, up there and Carved it or put the statues on right. top of there. Right. None of this stuff. Not legitimately. None of this stuff. The um, yeah, I was looking at the a picture from uh, the late 18. 18- oh no, no, no. Yeah, I know what it was. It was Victor Hugo's. You guys remember this? Victor Hugo's catafalque. Great yes. And uh, yes, he. I guess he recently died, and they were having this celebration of Victor Hugo's life. And the Arc de Triomphe is pictured in the thing, and they have the Arc de Triomphe all decorated stuff. Well, on top of the Arc de Triomphe, and if you don't know how big the Arc de Triomphe is, go to Google and look at a picture of it with people next to it, and look at how massive this thing is. It mm-hmm. is massive. And on top of the Arc de Triomphe, engulfing almost the entire top of the thing, is this enormous statue of a guy with like a chariot of four horses. Maybe it's Apollo pulling the sun across the sky. It's this statue that, I mean, if you stood at the base of it, probably your your head would be at like the feet of the horses. How'd they get that thing up there? And how'd they get that thing down? Right, because I mean, it, was, it, be, it wasn't there in pictures before. It was there for the Victor Hugo celebration. And then in pictures after, yeah. it was no longer there. Yeah, Clearly, it, they had the technology to put it there temporarily. Right. Right. Much like the temporary buildings and, and statues at the Chicago World's Fair. Yeah, yeah. Plaster. It's, it's just it's a, it's yeah. made out of plaster. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But plaster. how would they even put it up there to begin with, though? Bootstraps. Could have carried up a ladder. Bootstraps. <laughs> so, did they tie the bootstraps to the closest mountain and then have just a giant ass? tree right a silicon tree that okay. was balanced for, on the mountain had for, straps that were wrapped around the tree and the statue like for a, the people like that don't know crane. the arc de triomphe the top of the arc de triomphe is 162 feet from the ground so that it's giant so huge that yeah so huge 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 yeah. and they this amazing statue was there for this celebration and it's not there beforehand and it is no longer there now. Um, it's that's amazing. Over twice the size of a human being. Mm-hmm. Or, oh, that's th- over. That's over 20 human beings. I'm sorry. Yeah. That's what yeah, I meant to say. Yeah. And the statue Way itself, bigger. the statue itself was probably a, a 12 foot high, you know, rendition of, of whatever it was, if that was Apollo, you know, if it was supposed to be a person, it was a 12-foot high person. The horses were probably, you know, if a horse is normally six feet high at the shoulder, these things were 10, 12 feet high at the shoulder. So this thing was, it was a huge statue on top of this huge magnet. Now, maybe, maybe they used the magnets, maybe they used, you know, the Gravitron or the, uh, not the Gravitron. (laughs) They used the magnetic field of the electromagnet that the arc itself is, maybe. And that makes sense, but like you know, we can't use that in our narrative. Architecture, how does it work? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, like I mean, they have these they have these arcs in so many different places, mm-hmm. you know, and it's like uh, well, that's just what we do after we win a war, we just build a giant arc in the middle of the city. Yep. But it's arches the- are they they are an arc uh, they are an 
architectural marvel. That's usually, how they're described and always have been for the past 700 to 800 years. Yeah, and they're usually made out of like one piece or you know just a few pieces of stone. Well, look at the Palace of Charlemagne. They have alternating white and white and black uh, right. blocks that, that made arches. That one's amazing. Uh, yeah. How the how the hell did they build that? Bootstraps. And we're talking Sandal dark straps. ages. Sandal straps. Sandals. Birkenstocks. <laughs> they had Birkenstocks with the back strap. <laughs> they had their red. They had their red sea pedestrian shoes on. You know. Okay, we're their, talking dark ages. They had their sackcloth. They had their sackcloth rent just perfectly. <coughs> toga sashes. They pulled them up by their toga sashes. Toga there sashes, you go. yes. There you go. Just a bunch of whores and farmers back then. How the fuck did they pull this <laughs> Can I Look, I know we're going to make a horse and buggy t-shirt. Can I have a specialized whore and farmer t-shirt? You're going to have to talk to you're going to have to talk to the guys at Dissident Apparel. I'll pay for that. that. Yeah. I will pay for Well, that. actually, he just told me the guy uh our buddy at Dissident Apparel who makes our t-shirts which you should go check out at dissidentapparel.com. Uh he is doing a festival a um a nationalist festival, possibly uh, an hour guy festival where he is going to be printing shirts to order with um, some special printer that he's bringing with him. So like you can come up there and, you know, bring your meme with you and be like, hey, dude, I want to put this meme on a size uh, medium black T-shirt. And he'll be like, here, give me this much money and he'll put it on your shirt for you right there. Boom. So maybe we can do. I'm about to furiously message him on Telegram right now. If we make if we make Reinhardt a whore and farmer shirt, it's got to be like the painting American Gothic, and instead of the woman, it's got to be like a methed out chick with a neck tattoo. Is that rather is that specific? But okay. Yeah, whore sounds, and a farmer. We can't use that Art Ho girlfriend. Specific. Yeah, I can't use Nefertiti. Is that a rapper? No, oh, that's mind. your that's your art ho GF apparently. Right. No, that that's Cleopatra. Cleopatra. Oh, yeah, Nefertiti's. It's, Cleopatra. The same thing. They were darker. they both sucked. Yeah, her dark. Sure Nefertiti was black. Yeah. Don't say anything bad about Cleopatra. Don't you dare. He's gonna Cle- get mad. Cleopatra was a Greek whore. <laughs> no, right. She was not. Right. She's probably Albanian, to be honest. So. That's, I don't think her haircut. Yeah, the haircut. Yeah, that too. The haircut's bad. Yeah, it's gross. It's right. problematic to cuts. All right, all right. So we've shit posted the last <laughs> couple of minutes. We'll, we'll get to thirty-eight minutes of shit posting before the end of the episode. But the name of the album is what the the band is called. No, that's Imaginary Friends. Was the last one, wasn't it? That was right. Last, that was last week. Oh, I, I scrolled. I scrolled too far. Yes, the name of the album is "You've Been Through a Lot, But You're Beautiful." The name of the band is Painted Worlds. And the song is a picture of a picture of a picture. No, the picture of a picture of a sock. Oh, it says a picture of a picture of a picture in the link here. Oh, oh. picture of a picture of a picture of a sock. There's three picture of a yeah. picture of a pictures. Wow. Okay. I didn't read far enough. My bad. Well done, Storm King. Yeah. It's three a pictures and then of a rock. This is Painted Worlds, not Storm King. Storm yes. King's a different guy entirely. Yeah, totally I different this guy. Was Storm King? No, no. Diff- different, different guy. Different Those guy were other entirely. kids. 
Yes. Oh, okay. But this is this is a picture of a picture of a picture of a picture of a sock. We'll be back.
everybody we're back this is still the paranormies i'm still johnny monoxide with reinhardt dogbot jack and old skull all the way from japan uh we were talking about the cathedrals the cathedrals and uh the power generating stations that they were and the power generating stations that were the star forts as well and skull you had some other stuff you wanted to talk about with the star forts yeah, just the thing about the star forts that I find interesting is with the cathedrals, there seems to be some association with sound and vibration. And with the star forts, it seems to have more to do with water from what I can uh, tell. It seems like every star fort is associated with water in some way, shape or form. Uh, mo- many of them have rivers that are redirected to run through them or they're located on ports or piers or um peninsulas or somewhere near the coast and it's a, it's a very common thing i can't, really can't think of too many star forts that don't have some association with water and then the interesting thing about that is what we were talking about with the cymatics earlier is that if you look at the shape of star forts well they perfectly and i mean perfectly mirror cymatic geometric shapes and so uh, I'll you know what I'll post a picture later on the channel for people that are interested of the different uh, cymatic shapes. But if you look at it's from the was it Paul Allen? Am I getting the name right? Paul Cook. Uh, Paul Cook. Sorry, sorry, Paul Cook. That video, um, which I don't know if we shared it or not. I'll share that too, if not. And uh, he he does a really good job of showing that these are just perfect mirror representations of these cymatic shapes and they also rip uh, represent snowflakes which are also a cymatic geometrical pattern and so when you look at these things like they're the amount of work that must have been put into these things is basically on par with the cathedrals except that they are more earthwork type structures whereas the cathedrals were stone architectural structures and uh, i don't know i just found them amazing and my assumption i don't know anything uh, for sure, obviously, I mean, none of us know anything for sure about any of these things, but my assumption is that if the cathedrals work in some sort of resonance frequency to affect the molecular structure of your body in a positive manner, that this has more to do with um, the water and uh, purifying the water and possibly the water serving as both a power generation source and, in my opinion, probably... Uh, knowing what we know about the other things, some sort of healing, uh, something about the water being directed through these things and the particular frequency and the shape of these star forts leads me to believe that the water would have some sort of healing property on top of the other uh, benefits that they get from these things. Yeah, and it's amazing how many of these star forts, too, were involved in some of the great battles of official narrative history. Um, Talking about Paul Cook... Uh, he lived in Malta for a long time, correct? Yes. Yes. 
Yeah. yeah. Is he, um, did you Malta ever... is actually home to three star forts, three massive star forts, Fort St. Michael, Fort St. Elmo, and Fort St. Angelo. And supposedly um, deflected a, a massive, like one of the most, uh, one of the largest Ottoman invasions in history is quote saved with you know they they quote saved uh the western world in 1565 by repelling this invade this invasion um but right the fact that there's three star forts on this island in the in the middle of the mediterranean tells me there's something else going on this island is not poised to just repel one ottoman invasion you know, no, every thousand years. Well, Malta is also going on here. It's also home to um, some of the most extensive underground tunnel systems in all of Europe. Yes. Yeah. And they, they go beneath the Mediterranean. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was one thing uh, about Paul Cook that I thought was really interesting because he's got that real Southie uh, English accent and uh, kind of Cockney Southie. But uh, he lived in Malta for a long time. I don't know if he's if. Because I know you said there was a large uh, British population in Malta. I don't know if he grew up there or what, but um, yeah, he lived there for quite a bit, so he knows he knows quite a bit about it. And I, th- I found that really interesting. But Mal- yeah, looking at that, um, Malta is worth a deep dive, um, all in and of itself. There's like giants and all kinds of other stuff associated with Malta that we can get into. Well, definitely islands in the Mediterranean, uh, Malta and Sardinia, I feel like, are, are two of the biggest ones. Well, they oh, yeah, are Sardinia, the two biggest right. islands. Sardinia, um, no, no, I'm sorry. It's Malta and the underground tunnels and Sardinia and the Giants. My bad. Yeah, and Crete. Yeah, those Sar- three islands, dude, we could do a massive episode on those. Yeah, Sardinia has those really awesome statues in their, library, in their uh, museums there that look like robots. They also have uh, tunnels that, in which were found uh, giants seated at a table, giant skeletons. Yeah, yeah. incredible stuff. So much, so much incredible stuff that yeah that we don't get to see or know about. But, but no, yeah, but no. Sorry, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to derail. But the star fort thing, three star forts on one island in the middle of the of the Mediterranean in this water they they're there for some reason and they weren't just sitting there for the sole purpose of repelling an ottoman invasion right like no those that just proves that that just proves the um the defensive capabilities of the bastion fort you know except all three of them were breached all three of them were breached and it went to like this grandiose christian movie-esque situation where Literally, God came down and bolstered the defenses to push them back. But the Ottomans had freaking taken all three forts. So, obviously, the Bastion forts didn't do their job. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. What do you say, Skull? Uh, I don't know. I, I just... Uh, it, it interests me that these, these forts are exactly the same all across the entire realm. And um, the patterns are perfect, and they're—I mean, there there are different patterns, but they all map this cymatic geometrical shape that are all across the realm in all basically all continents, and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, maybe the Antarctica too. Who knows? Uh, you know, assuming that's a continent, <laughs> I don't. And 
it does, it, it does also seem like they were some form of interconnected power grid that spanned the entire realm that the whole thing was connected and I, and I'll just I'll just do a little quick sidebar of uh, something I was talking with Johnny with um, in the chat the other day was you you know the King Kong movie the most recent one which I uh, King Kong versus Godzilla which I thoroughly enjoyed I really liked it I thought it was yes. oh yeah fun great I think you yeah, posted it in Telegram so I could watch it yeah, yeah I watched it uh, twice my kids loved it um, I liked the little the little uh, deaf girl was super cute and uh, the uh, battle scenes were really cool. But in that movie, they revealed all of these different, uh, like, super high-level, truther-type conspiracy bro things. And, you know, they covered Hollow Earth. And they when they go down, it's level 33. They go down to level 33. And they're, they're controlling machines with their mind. And they're jacked into the, the Matrix system and all this stuff. And then there was this one scene in it that I thought was really interesting in which they have to go from America to Hong Kong in a really – uh, in a in a hurry this one guy does and there's this underground tunnel and they have this like electromagnetic super mega fast uh mm. train thing that goes under the ocean all the way from america to uh hong kong in like i don't know how quick it was it was very fast it was right minutes. it's like faster than a jet it yeah minutes. it's like yeah. it was like minutes right and I was like, they're revealing all this other truth. And then I was uh, also before this, I was thinking about, well, how, you know, if the whole realm was completely interconnected like that, then how did they move resources and people from one place to the other? If, uh, you know, even if it was like airships, like airships are not really that fast. It's not like a jet or something. And it doesn't appear that they had jets that we know of. And then I was like, what if they were revealing something that actually exists because we know about the underground cities and we know about the underground tunnels that exist in all these places. And of course it wouldn't be too hard to hide those from normal people. You just build something over the top of it. And uh, what if the, those are a truth drop? Like they actually have these underground tunnels that shoot this electromagnetic vehicle across vast distances at extremely high speeds. I mean, obviously I can't prove any of that. It's just a conjecture, but I mean, why not? Right. Well, well what about, what about the manas that, that possibly run on mercury power? What's that? What's the the manus? The manas. The vehicles for the vehicles from India, the uh, the ones that look like the bell, the it's basically oh, ancient oh, aliens the, technology. The well, it could be ancient Aryans technology, yes, Aryan. right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I've never they, even heard of those. Actually. Well, one thing um, at work, you know, we never heard of the manas. I haven't. Sorry. <laughs> At work, I see a topographical map of the Pacific Ocean a lot of times. Uh, it just gets brought up in, in you know, meetings and stuff. And the this particular topographical map shows every single mountain and mountain range under the ocean. Shows all the trenches in the Pacific Ocean, um, all the abyssal plains, all the fractures, everything going on. And after watching Iran stuff. Uh, uh, particularly the stuff on silicon trees uh, from what on earth happened and lost his lost history of flat earth um, shows me that the <laughs> the land underneath our current oceans is definitely traversable it is i i keep imagining it like brought up to our level and being just part of this world and it's entirely possible to have these areas brought up and to traverse them 
so it's entirely possible to have methods to tra- traverse them under the water. They're yeah, not, well, they have, they're not um, impossible. Yeah, the underground cables already exist. Like much of yes, is satellite technology is actually uh, underwater, underwater fiber optic cables. cables yeah. It's actually sonar technology that actually we have that that reaches from you know all the way from the west coast all the way over to Japan. Um, yeah, you know, it stretches all across in like a spider web. So we have that technology already. Right. That's true. We have had it for a long time. Um, Since the freaking 60s. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, that's that technology. I mean, and then... At least. The technology before that, well, the tunnels. You know, the tunnels have been here since before the 60s. Hey, Johnny, look at the chat. Oh, no. What about the chat? These are interesting. The for once, for once Dogbot didn't post something gross oh, in the okay. chat. <laughs> Whatever, I post a lot of good shit in the chat. Vimanas, oh, those things. Yeah, those are cool. They're yeah. like little submarines. Yeah, I literally have never seen one of these in my life. Yes, these are these are ancient Aryan or ancient alien tier stuff that they talk about, but they talk about it in a very gay way. Right, but the Vimanas, like these these giant carved temples or whatever they are, they look like they look like power. They they look They're like electrical power like, generating stations. That's literally what they look like. They're like floating temples. Right. Yeah, yeah. these were these were v- there are different kinds of Vimanas uh for different purposes and they were described some of them were described as basically floating cities and they ran on a sort of mercury uh mercury based graviton drive. Yeah. You know, now so, these things and, and, and so- No go ahead. I'm sorry. What are you saying? Well, supposedly, supposedly, you know, one of the Nazi expeditions to Tibet and to India was to try to to try to find the source of this technology, and supposedly the experimental vehicle known as the Glocken or the Bell or whatever is you know comes comes from the results of what they found out about these Vimanas over in this part of the world. So basically, flying pyramids. Pretty yeah, much. or flying domes, or you know, like I mean, so you know, and some of them are different shapes. So like some of them would be like a flying dish, you know, or right. a flying saucer. Right. I was trying to make a wee which, but yeah. <laughs> well, the flying. <laughs> I mean, these could all be reverse engineered angelic technology, too. Sure. Um, mm. These are the things. But I would, these these I would structures. I very much believe this about. Oh, sorry, Johnny. I was saying these structures, this Vimana style structure. These are the things that the guy at Faking Space says are uh, geopolymer uh, structures, and that they're like uh, basically three D printed. And that's how they were made. That's his theory. I mean, ancient three D printing could have been a thing. Sure. Uh, fuck. Fuck. They made fucking minotaurs. All right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, ancient ancient 3D printing could have been a thing. Sure. There's a guy called UAP Channel on YouTube, and he talks about you know those statues that are just unbelievably detailed. Like mm-hmm. there's the one with the mesh net. Guys, yeah, got the a net. That one's net, amazing. Like a fisherman's net, and yep. it's carved out of marble. Or there's the lady with the veil draped over her body and yeah. her naked body, and it's just so detailed that you you just can't imagine. You can actually that, sort of see her shit. through the veil. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. And so, like, you imagine somebody doing that with a hammer and chisel, and it's like, no fucking way. 
And uh, this guy basically surmises that they had some sort of 3D printer for marble and stone. Dude, I just posted a picture in the chat that I put in Telegram today. Uh, Johnny was from that Tartaria channel that you sent us on Telegram. Okay. This picture of this reptilian god from pre-Incan Peru. Wow. This statue, pre-Incan. Now, this this is definitely made uh, in the modern era, well, mm-hmm. as far as the official narrative goes. But even in the, quote, modern era... Look at the detail. Look at everything yeah. going on here with this god. Also, I just want wanted to be known he's holding Keck, the Egyptian frog god, and right, he has a chicken strapped to his head. Yeah. Literally reptile from Mortal Kombat. <laughs> just saying. Uh, no, the the detail in these structures, and there there is a telegram channel. It's it's all um God dang it, it's uh all Indo-Aryan architecture. Um, shit. What, what is the channel? Oh, um, the Vedic stuff? <laughs> you talking about the Vedic architecture it. one? Atlantean Gardens? No, it's no, not it's Atlantean, not Atlantean Gardens. Gardens. It's, it's literally all Indian stuff. Yeah, I thought I'd join that. Hang on, let me see. It is. Not, it's not Bob's and Vagine. No. No. <laughs> Actually, I have a funny work joke about that, but I'll say that oh after boy. the show. Um, <laughs> not Hyperborean memes. Shit, where is this channel? It well, starts with a V. Anyways, it's it's, it's all like Vedic architecture. Indian. Yeah, it's all ancient Indian architecture, and it just shows all of the most ridiculous, impossible, quote, Indian architecture over the years and it is absolutely insane there's no way these people had carved this no way revolge has shared a lot of their stuff um but it's not it's not owned by revolge yeah i can't find it well i i find the use of mercury and a lot of this stuff really interesting you know definitely I well, mean, uh, it's it's such a huge alchemy. It's such a huge alchemy uh, staple. Uh, the the symbol of Mercury. Uh, you know, we discussed Mercury a little bit, uh, you know, back on the uh, Marilyn Manson episode because he uses that as uh, he uses that for the third part of the triptych. He uses he uh, the symbol he uses on the CD itself, and right. it, it, it's a circle with a with horns on it and a cross. It's an it's an onk. With horns, and I'll put yeah. the moon on the top. Yeah, with the Actually, crescent moon. Yeah. So we brought up Mary Curry earlier. Okay. Well, are we gonna are we gonna do that now? I guess I well, thought we were gonna real, do I thought we were gonna do radium first and, and then get into me. Okay. I, can, yeah, can I say one that. thing about the Mercury symbol? Yeah. Just one quick thing: the Mercury symbol um, being the cross. It's actually an onk. With the crescent moon, um, which is an incredible, like an incredibly evil combination of all these symbols that are supposed to be Muslim, Christian, and elsewise. Um, But Mercury being Apollo as well, equated with Osiris. So just remember that Osiris equated with the Antichrist. Hmm. So there, right now, we have one of the most evil symbols in the world. 
Um, Interesting. Yeah, I will go beyond that. We we have stuff to get to. Uh, move on. I'm sorry. All right. Well, uh, we were waiting on the star forts with the water. Oh, you were talking about before with the star forts always being connected to water. There is uh, in the Netherlands. I don't know how many star forts there are. I believe it's like the highest concentration of star forts in one country. Uh, but there's a canal system that connects every single one of them. You cannot not connect one point of one star fort to a point of another star fort via a canal. They're all connected. Yeah. And those canals are all completely straight and flat. Yeah. I'll say one last thing about Mercury before we move off since Dog Buck brought it up. is uh, One of the things I discovered just search, just, I don't know, researching this stuff was that um, – in the cupolas, the little open areas just below the spires, or not, they're actually in the spires, below the antennas in the spires, it appears that there used to be some device which was in them, and uh, Ewok Kanan goes over it with the Fulcanelli story, which is a really cool story uh, about the St. Christopher story, um, But and he has this weird quote that suggests possibly that Mercury was in the, used in these things, and then I started doing some more research on Mercury, and interestingly enough, if you put mercury into like a metal basin and then you put an electromagnet and you touch the uh, – you connect it to an elect- electromagnet with a positive and negative charge, it creates a vortex. The mercury itself creates a vortex, which would lend credence to the theory that they are some form of energy generators. And um, I, you know, who knows how that works, but it does seem very interesting given all that we know about all this other stuff and how important mercury was to these um, to these people. Yes, definitely. Um, the well, the also the deal with that is. Uh, there's something to do with the North Pole and the vortex around the North Pole, too. And that's how the electromagnetism yes. of the pole works. Yeah. And it's all, again, yes. it's the micro and the macro. It's, it's you know, it's mm-hmm. everything. It's all, the system is, it's, it's you know, the system within the system. You've got your uh, computer motherboards that are inside of cities that are built just like computer motherboards. It's kind of weird. Yeah. Uh, that one video that you posted, or actually maybe it wasn't, it was uh, down one of the rabbit rabbit trails that I followed uh, after watching one of the videos you posted. And the guy gets into the um, the motherboard theory of the earth and how all these cities, the older cities are all laid out exactly like, you know, computer motherboards, computer um, boards in general, not just motherboards, yeah. but yeah. Right, and then everything is connected all throughout the Earth with these star forts. It's mm-hmm. it's uh, pretty interesting. Yeah, it's a, it's definitely a grid. I mean, like, there's no other way to look at it. Right. It is a an interconnected grid, and somehow was connected by water all the way around. But but the water wasn't. Now, here's the thing: is the water wasn't always there, right, to connect these. So this water, this star fort system that was connected by water. Uh, how did that work if the the oceans and stuff weren't here, right? Isn't that the theory that the there wasn't any oceans until the flood? Would it have been underground water? And the oceans would have been smaller. Right, smaller. but the star forts are still somehow connected. Yeah. Somehow. So either the star forts were built after the flood... 
I think they were built after. Okay, so the star forts and all the quote Tartarian architecture was built after the flood. And again, oh, you know, we we forgot. Uh, it's not just the cathedrals, cathedrals. We 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 gonna do the we gonna break down the Jordan Maxwell t- tier stuff that they do with the capacitor and the torque. Nah, Taurus. No, we don't, okay. we don't need to. We don't need to do that. All right. There's look. Watch I mean, the Iwaranon videos. They're really good. He gets into all that stuff. Yeah. We have it to is keep very going. interesting wordplay. Yes, we yeah. have to keep going. A lot of tours in there. <laughs> all right. Well, Tor representing the Taurus. Right. The yeah. Tor. The Taurus. The Taurus right. of the of the magnet of the electromagnet. That's Wait, it, that's also not not the astrology symbol. No. Or is it? Or right? Or oh. is it? Whoa. Or is it? <laughs> yeah, right. All right. Let's, let's move on. Um, where were we? So, yeah, so they the mercury is used in there, and that's, well, the cupolas are empty. Now, all over the all over the realm, all these cupolas are empty, as are some of the, um, what would be considered magnetic coils, these uh, circles with the columns around them. Those are just... Um, you know, representations of a magnet with coils in between them. Um, all of these, all of these structures, all this architecture fits in really perfectly with computer technology, just on a much larger scale, the micro and the macro. Um, man, it's amazing. And it's amazing to look at it. Like once you look at it like this, you can't go back to looking at it any other way. It's just, and it's really ornate and really beautiful the way that they did it. They made these computer chips so pretty, <laughs> you know, like. Well, I think I think this gives a lot of credence to the ley lines theory, mm. which I was talking with you, Johnny, about this mm-hmm. earlier today on the phone. Um, <clears throat> sorry, it, it was only Alfred Watkins had only tested his theory. And proved his theory within the UK, within Stone Circles and Stonehenge, which there was something at Stonehenge before it was recreated in the 1950s. Um, But I do think there is something to these ley lines that happened to fall along gigantic ancient tree roots from the Silicon era. And we are definitely going to do an episode on the Silicon Trees that is coming, what, Johnny, in the next couple of weeks? Yes. You think? Coming soon, TM. I mean, I my prep is done. Like, I, Yeah, I mean, I'm ready to go yeah. whenever. Uh, I'm, I'm good on that one. Yeah. I'm ready to go. And and my, we've already we've already made our, our apologies. We're not doing it anymore. We're going to do our own crystal tree stuff. You can call us crazy. Yes. But, yeah. Um, so we, we will be doing that. But I, I do think it all connects all the, like, Avatar tree stuff but with more of a, an electrical modern era scientific uh spin that that we all see that is that is part of it our the grid of creation is the microchip the micro and the macro right it's where it comes from literally down in our plant life um speaking of damn, plant we're, life we're gonna have so much on that yeah we never um we were talking about cymatics earlier and cymatics are also mirrored in plant life, flowers, fruits. Yes. Um, yep. Yeah. It's everything's all tied together. 
all of this stuff is all tied together. Frequencies and harmonics and sound and water. The earth is 80% covered 80% in water and our bodies are supposedly 80% water. Hmm. Coincidence? I don't know. Probably not. Since there's no such thing as coincidences. All right. So what do you, go ahead, DB. Um, so I, I'm hearing some typing. Yeah. It's, is that you, Skull? Are you typing? Uh, okay. <laughs> it sounds like it sounds like that Damn. cat meme. <laughs> like the meme. The meme the... <laughs> Shit posting at high speed. Sorry. Okay, I'll just, I'll just say it when I type. Is as uh, uh, Dogbot mentioned, a wheezing sound. It's probably me because the cicadas are being very noisy. But I'm upstairs and my bedroom doesn't have air conditioning and there's no fucking way I can close the windows. So sorry about that. If you guys hear cicadas, just remember it's summer and. Get with the atmosphere. That's fine. We had cicadas here for however long they were here for those nasty, freaky things. They're finally gone. But uh, they're DB- here every single summer, like in droves. So oh, really? Well, we had the, the seventeen-year one mini ones. Japan in summer. Oh, okay. Uh, DB, what were you going to say? So outside of these cathedrals and everything, they have these dome structures that are being hypothesized used to ke- used to keep like an engine or a generator in there like what like if that's true what do you think happened to these like these actual mechanics that were inside these domes um same thing that happened to a lot of those big uh railroad engines they demolished them or whatever or took them underground or hid them they or just hit them. Stick in the space lasers. Yeah, I mean the Smithsonian warehouse probably has them still to there's this day. That. I mean they probably yeah. didn't completely get rid of the technology. Yeah, Why wouldn't that. they completely just like remove the the copper and the the stuff from the spires and the domes, etc.? Well, like it, like because because then it lo- no longer has its usage anymore. It's no longer drawing from the aether to turn to to a. Uh, to create electricity for free energy. Right. There's one building. My opinion is that they. There's my that, opinion is that they took away the most important component parts because they were going to take away from every single thing. So you would do it kind of efficiently. So if you take away, for example, if you have like a, a toy or something, it has the battery. If you take the battery out, then the toy doesn't work, even though the functionality is all there and it looks like it would do something. But if you can't make it work, then it's just the shell of the thing. So, like, they don't have to strip the entire thing down. They just take out the most important parts, which would be, like, the motor generator and whatever and the, else. The Yeah, in the, my so opinion, who knows? the vortex another, and a couple of... Another thing that's hypothesized is that the shape of the windows have the, the appearance of a cathode, correct? So, like, is it is it sort of like... Is it sort of like the female end of a coaxial cable? Was there some kind of larger machine that went into where these windows go? Uh, or, or like, I, I, I'm a little, uh, I'm a little confused by what the reasoning mm. is there. The thing with the windows is those are the, the what were considered uh, the rose windows, and that pattern is the same thing that's used in um, electrical resonators. So right. Right. There's no, you don't plug into that. That's just that structure itself helps facilitate the, uh, the electricity. Okay. So that, so like it wasn't, that's not, those aren't ports. Those aren't ports like for cords. 
or anything. Okay. Yeah. So those so would actually be like assisting the generation of the electricity somehow. Um, in uh, one of the videos, I can't remember which one. Well, actually, the Ewan on video, he does a pretty. There's a pretty good 3D rendered um, uh, version of how that works with uh, with the windows and uh, how that works with like a cathode. Okay. Uh, and what about the towers? Like, do, do you know what I'm talking about? Like all the water towers and the different cities mm -hmm. and everything. Like, like I've heard John Levi mention the water towers and stuff, but like I've never gotten a real good explanation as to how they do. It. I, I I think I heard one suggestion is that uh, if there if a fire broke out in the town, like the water towers could shoot water out to different parts of the town to put the fires out. Like that, like the free energy heard. was that volatile that it caused fires that's the dumbest thing i've ever heard i've never uh, you know what the water towers that are still like all over the place like in the midwest they're everywhere yeah. you know and it's the big ball that's being suspended above the ground by like 100 feet right i i never understood like why would why does the water have to be so high above the ground like you know i never i don't i don't know maybe somebody can maybe somebody can red pill me in the comment section on paranormies.com you can go leave a comment on this episode uh, but yeah, the water towers, I don't know. I know there's the water features like that. Uh, the one in uh, Northern California, which is now like very popular wedding spot. Cause it's really pretty. And it's like, you know, got the Greco Roman architecture. Um, but it used to be, it used to be a water feature and somehow the water worked up until like the 1930s or something. Then they filled it with cement. They stopped it up with cement. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. um, yeah, one more thing. This isn't the water towers, but the, I think Ewokanon on brought up the lighthouses and how all the, or not all, but many of the lighthouses had a clock face on them and how that didn't really make sense. Like, why does it need a clock? And he was surmising that there's something to do with Mercury with those two. And he was thinking that they're connected to the star forts, to the cathedrals, to the grid, to the power, ultimate power source. They were located near water, obviously. Mm -hmm. But that the purpose, original purpose, was not to um, keep ships from crashing onto the rocks, but some other power generation purpose. And he was saying that the clock face may have been uh, a repurposed pressure gauge to uh, hmm. keep track of how much pressure was in the how much machine, energy, whatever the right, machine right. would be. If the machine would be like, yeah. That makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. And also would lend credence to the theory that all of these structures were built after the flood. Because they're built near water, not underwater. Yeah. Yeah. Right, right, right. Um, yeah, I like that. I like that we're, we're like piecing a little bit more of the theory together as we go with this. This is a very big theory, you guys. I don't know if you know this. This may be the biggest one ever. Possible. Yeah. I mean, it is. It's like we should, uh, the history we should of literally everything. Because I'm going to have to go. All right, let's do radio. Fine, let's do radio. And then we can minutes. marry Gary. Yeah. Go ahead, do radium. Uh, so, okay, so before we get, I'll sort of, I'll talk about Galen Windsor before we get started. So, if you guys are fans of the show, you probably know that uh, we question the standard narrative about nuclear physics, not nuclear physics itself, but like uh, nuclear power stations, nuclear radiation, nuclear bombs, and uh, it does seem that there 
is a lot to question there. And uh, if you look at Chernobyl and the, the, main, the narrative that we're given about Chernobyl, if you look at Three Mile Island, if you look at Fukushima, these are all places that we're told that had nuclear meltdowns. And then we were told that if a nuclear meltdown were to occur, that the nuclear radiation would be so damaging that the nuclear, you know, the half-life is so long that it would take 50,000 years for all of the radiation to dissipate. And what do you always see uh, from The Simpsons and every other pop culture meme is that any place that has been subjected to this nuclear radiation gets these mutations and people die and there's the fallout games with the rad with your rad scorpions and your power suits and <laughs> the Simpsons three-eyed fish and two-headed animals and all of this shit you you know you hear on TV but if you look at these actual places especially Chernobyl's my favorite example it's a Chernobyl is like a thriving nature reserve right now it is one of the healthiest places on the entire planet for our sorry planet <laughs> for nature um, people decided there are a number of people who decided never to leave after the evacuation order was issued and they were like fuck you i'm staying they're still there today they're fine they're farming they collect they uh scavenge they collect uh they hunt they collect plants and and uh you know mushrooms and all that sorts of stuff all of them are fine. They're not dying of cancer. Uh, there, there's a healthy community there. Well, well, how is that possible if what we're told about nuclear meltdowns is true? When Fukushima occurred and we were told that the, they were dumping nuclear radiation into the ocean or nuclear waste or whatever, whatever the fuck it was, um, and the whole area is coated in radiation and the, you know, putting aside for a second what I think the, the 311, 311 uh, tsunami thing was, I, I kind of think it was a 9-11 event myself. But there was, uh, you know, they said there was this big nuclear meltdown there. Well, then I was like, well, if there's a nuclear meltdown, and I started looking at Chernobyl, and I was like, well, it's really healthy and stuff there. And now I don't believe that radiation is what we were told it is, nuclear radiation. And uh, so I was like, well, I'll check real estate prices because real estate prices should be basically near zero in Fukushima. Well, I looked at real estate prices, and they're exactly the same as they are anywhere else in Japan, which doesn't make any sense, does it? Hmm. And there's still people living there. Nobody really even moved out. And I don't understand why like more people don't question this narrative after a while because it's just so obvious to me. What's you that? did a giant voice message on this back in, what, March, April? Yes, yes, yes. What say? Uh, uh, just about the whole Fukushima thing and what nuclear... Yeah. Uh, and also I, how I think that 311 was a 911 thing with they use like the Tesla earthquake machine to no, trigger it, that me. It My definitely opinion. was. It, it, I agree yeah. with you 100%. This I think like, you should reshare like, that on your channel and our channel, especially when this episode airs. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I actually reshared it pretty recently just because I was talking about it again somewhere. But it's, still, I think I'm, it's still one of the best, dude. Yeah. It's, I'm, Probably the only person who's ever come up with this theory, actually. I've, no, I've never seen another video. I've seen a couple of videos on harp weird weather patterns just before the Fukushima operation, but that was it. I've never seen anybody really talk about it. And it, it, when you start looking into it, it's like, wow. So yeah, It's always, it's always uh, an op, that brings us. Sorry? It's always an op. Yeah. I mean, when is it not, right? And what, when is a historical narrative not a story? Right. Which we're going to get to with right. Millie. <laughs> so that brings us to Galen Windsor. Galen Windsor was one of the top nuclear scientists in the 1950s, 60s, 70s. And he was one of the lead scientists, one of the lead nuclear scientists responsible for the Manhattan Project. He worked in the top levels of government 
building and or I don't know if building, but what what his particular job was, he was one of the top guys in responsible for nuclear power plants, nuclear radiation, nuclear bombs, nuclear physics, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So this guy, after he quit his job and retired and he started seeing the op the narrative going that nuclear radiation was so dangerous, he was like, No, it's not. What are you talking about? I've worked with this stuff for years. He's one of the top scientists. And so what this guy started doing, and uh, you can look up his his YouTube videos are, are still the YouTube videos about him are still up. You can look at them easily. It's G A L E N W I N D S O R, I think. Yep. It's Galen Windsor. It's it's close enough to that. And um he would go and he would give these lectures where he showed that uranium was not deadly to humans. And what he would do is he'd hold up a box of uh, no-dos and then a jar of uranium. And he said, if you eat the whole box of one of these, it'll kill you. And he wasn't talking about the uranium. He was talking about the no-dos with the, all the caffeine. And so then he would take a Geiger counter and hold it up to the jar. And sure enough, it would just go off the charts. And then he would take the uranium and eat it. He'd swallow it, and then he'd hold the Geiger counter to his stomach, and sure enough, the Geiger counter would go off the charts. So let me be clear, I'm not saying that nuclear radiation is fake and gay, quite the opposite. What I am saying is it's probably not the danger that we've been told that it is. And in fact, it's very, very unlikely that it's dangerous in any way, shape, or form, uh, given what we know about Chernobyl, Fukushima, Galen Windsor swallowing Uranium, I think he lived to like 83, I could be wrong, but he lived to a ripe old age and he died of Parkinson's disease. Parkinson's disease is not a disease that you get from uh, radiation or anything. It's a genetic disease. So uh, he had a neurological, yeah, he uh, was died from a neurological disorder. So not right. the same as something that uh, someone who's exposed to high levels of radiation, like for example, you know, eating uranium every fucking day for years might, might sure. have you know, contributed to. So, um, yeah, that's my introduction about uh, what what we are told nuclear radiation and radiation and these so sorts of uh, elements are, and then what they may actually be. I don't know if you guys want to say anything before we get into radium. Uh, the only thing I have to say is, Johnny, if one of us had ever gone into nuke school, yeah. I would feel cheated as hell. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> I think that is such a damn scam. <laughs> I always think about the guy that went swimming in the tanks. That's yeah. Galen Windsor. Oh, that too. Good lord. That's yeah, him. what it does is um what uranium does is it warms water. That's what it does. So it heats water and then the water uh evaporates, produces steam, and then the steam is uh used to turn turbines and such things. And that's basically what it does. And there are people who um, they'll swim in the excess water from the the irradiated water, and it's it's warm. It's like a like a hot springs or something, and they're all fine. Right. Well, yep. that's yep. that's how it powers nuclear submarines across the world. Right. Yeah. American, Japanese, or not Japanese, um, Russian, Chinese. Right, and it's not like uh, it's creating little nuclear reactions to power the submarine. Right. Exactly. It's just a source of free energy, is what it is. That's right, all it is. it's not. And yeah, there's no, there's no atom splitting going on in the quote reactor down there. It's literally just a holding facility for this uranium to warm the water to a point where the steam builds up enough pressure to turn the turbine, which makes the electricity. Yes. Right. Yep. That's all it is. 
Yes. That's all it is. And this free energy existed for hundreds of years mm-hmm. before us. Mm-hmm. Easily. If, if not more. If not more, right? If not more. Mm. Um, yes. But then... Yes. These, yeah. these ancients were very clear in their their cuneiform all the way up to Middle English on using free energy. Right. Right. It's just that, you know, English is the language of the NWO. It is an NWO language itself. We're definitely going to do that episode soon. Yeah. We got, oh, there's, my God. There's so Johnny much... and I were talking about that today. Just... Well, there's oh, we were cursing back and forth like so oh many my God. rabbit holes and yeah cursing. curses words of curse we yes words of curse four letter words that represent the <laughs> four winds anyways uh speaking of the four winds and weather veins um <laughs> damn it see how everything connects literally everything all right all so radium all of it matters let's get into radium okay so uh, so we're talking about uranium, mm-hmm. and it's another form of something that warms water. And uh, radium is uh, something that used to be very popular in uh, America and Europe. And it used to be, okay, so just think of it as uh, like Homer Simpson has the glow stick that goes down his shirt when he's leaving the nuclear power plant. Think of radium as that, as like a, a little glow stick. And I don't think it produces a green glow. I think it's an uh, orange or yellow, but uh, I mean, don't quote me on that. I'm not sure. But what it does is it creates heat and light. It says, uh, "I'll read the I'll read the um, description of it." Radium is a chemical element with the symbol Ra, <laughs> right, <laughs> right, and the atomic number 88, which is another occulted number. Pure radium is silvery white, but it readily reacts with nitrogen on exposure to air. And as you know, there's lots of nitrogen in normal air. Forming a black surface layer of radium nitride. All isotopes of radium are highly radioactive. That does not mean dangerous. It just means radioactive. With the most stable isotope being radium-226, which has a half-life of 1,600 years. Right. And decays into Radon, radon gas, when radium decays, ionizing radiation is a product which can incite fluorescent chemicals and cause radioluminescence. Okay, so think about that. 1,600-year half-life means you basically have a piece of, um, of a substance that will create heat and life, uh, sorry, heat and light forever. For I literally mean, forever, yes. Half-life. Methuselah yeah. did not live this. Exactly. Yes. And sixteen hundred. So we can't have that now. So it creates. Can't have that. Yeah, yeah. Can't have that. Can't have that. So I'll, I'll just read a little bit more about this. Ionizing radiation is radiation that carries sufficient energy to detach electrons from atoms or molecules, thereby ionizing them. Oh, think of ionic uh, pillars too, and ionizing um, energy in the cathedrals. Ionizing radiation is made up of energetic subatomic particles, ions, or atoms moving at high speeds and electromagnetic waves, electromagnetism, on the high energy of end of the electromagnetic spectrum. Fluorescence is emission of light by a substance. Radioluminescence is a phenomenon by which light is produced in a material by bombardment with ionizing radiation. I'm just kind of doing the bullet points. Uh, radium, this is pretty crazy. Radium is about a million times more radioactive than uranium. I don't know what that means. It sounds pretty intense. 
And then, of course, the origin of the name comes from the Latin word radius, meaning ray, but also there is the god Ra that they like right, so much, right. and it just happens to match that as well. Hey, listen, these, these, these linguistic coincidences, Skull, are literally just that, okay? Yeah. Coincidences. All right, just... Literally. Just because they sound the same doesn't mean they are the same. No. All right. No, there's Johnny. No, you could no never connection. do that, okay? I took English in college, all right? <laughs> Look, radium doesn't have any connection with an Egyptian god. All right, no, there's no I, connection between languages. I think the one-hit wonder Sugar Ray might have had something to do with Egyptian gods. There's no other explanation as to how a song that terrible could have made it to the radio. <laughs> I'll allow this one because you're right. You're absolutely right. It was a terrible but I joke. Love how but it I'll specifically allow it. states radium is less. Dangerous than uranium, right? But we can't have it right. though. And but, but, and well, hold on. And the radium that was most likely used for heating and probably lighting a lot of people's houses um, was these these little pot bellied stoves and stuff, right? They had these the symbol. It was uh, it was like the vent, which was also the symbol, which is like the radiation symbol now, right? The little black right. and yellow three right. triangle ish looking things. I don't know how to what you would call that, but it's the uh, radioactive right. symbol. And that's what well, all these uh, what always, the antiquitech that always struck me the weirdest was the fireplaces and rich people's houses mm -hmm. of antiquity with no, with know, no like, chimneys because you, yeah there's there was no like connecting chimney right. and there was no place to actually burn anything there was just uh, a metal plate uh, that was highly decorated in the back. And that's probably where you, you would, would put your piece of radium. Were you, were you a maid for the Romanovs? You don't understand. Oh, wow. You just don't get it. But that's the thing. Hold on. Now, the Romanovs and other royalty, I feel like we literally just did this, but um, they would freeze to death in these castles sometimes because they would try yes. burning firewood, you know, wood in these, quote, fireplaces. They weren't fireplaces. They were probably resonance chambers. They probably had more to do with resonance than to do with uh, uranium or radium heating. But uh, the stoves, those little stoves that you see everywhere that the settlers had to add all those um, exhaust pipes to, those were probably radium as well. Well, yeah, there was like a whole radium industry for a little while in the early 1900s, oh, right? Oh, yeah. Yes. Like, uh, so radium like it was the craze. Right. Um, I'm looking at all these pictures of these old stoves from the 1800s, and none of them have flues. They, they, it's just a stove that's an enclosed space. And it's a, I mean, it, it's the, the proper word for it is it's not a stove. It is a radiator, which is a heat generator, right? Huh, and yeah, there's, there's tons of them. And you can see some of them have had the flues added on afterwards, but mm. there's tons that are just sitting here. There's advertisements. None of them have chimneys at all. Well, that's why it's kind of like cigarette advertisements. Sorry, Johnny. I was saying that's why all those um, those uh, pot-bellied stove designs are terrible. They don't actually heat very well. Right. You know, the one of these stoves I'm looking at literally says radium on the chamber. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, they the word this is fucking yeah. radium. But we just, but we just stop talking at, about it. We erase all the advertisements from everywhere. We take everything away and we change the history, and we don't talk about it. And it never happened. Poof. There's, yeah, there are never electric scooters. I'm looking at, at some of these pictures. When you scroll down, there's the Stone History link 
skull and you get to the fireplaces yeah. section and it's the first three pictures. Two of them are drawings, I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. Third one is an actual picture. These are not fireplaces. No. These are radiators. No. Yeah. Yeah. Literal These are radiators. the same. They're yeah. doing the same damn thing as what's right below them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In the picture. Right, right, right. Um, and all of them, all of them are beautifully crafted. That's the thing. There's no planned obsolescence here. No. These things are crafted by hand in in a beautiful fashion. Yeah, there's even uh, if you go down a little bit further, there's even a giant cooking stove and yes. it doesn't have a chimney on it. There's no chimney whatsoever on it. So like where's the smoke going to go? You know, right. if you if you're burning wood in this thing, it's just going to be a complete mess or charcoal right. or whatever. But if you have something that's not actually burning but just heating, well, might be a little bit different. Oh, and it has the radiation symbol on it too. Actually, interesting. Of course, enough. it does. Which one? The the range symbol well, or the eighteen seventy six Philly? Man, put this uh, stuff in the chat. It's all the on the link. Yeah. Oh, the there link. it is. There yeah. it is. Range to holy shit! It has it right there in the middle. Yeah. Right. On display. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll Excellent. I'll drop this link in Telegram if you guys are interested. Uh, the listeners are interested in looking at this stuff. So yeah, there was this whole inter- industry, and it wasn't even only for heating uh, and lighting purposes. There are um, okay, well, there's still heaters. There's a little portable radium foot warmer where you, you have the radium <laughs> in the little uh, mm-hmm. looks like suitcase type thing. You just carry that wherever you go. You can uh, put that in your horse and buggy. So on the snowy days. <laughs> When your feet are, your oh, no. are getting cold, you can just put your feet right on this radium foot warmer. Giving and credence um, to the horse and buggy cooker. part of the narrative, Mom's got though. a little cooker, a portable cooker. does not have a plug. It's just a little thing she's putting on her tabletop, and it's warming the soup for her kids. Um, there are... Do you want health? to read the foot warmer? Uh, I, yeah, I like, I, like, I like that. It's a tickling proposition. Yeah, yeah. Why have costs, cold feet? <laughs> costs nothing to operate. No carbon, briquettes, charcoal, gasoline, petroleum, etc. No danger, odor, or smoke, but light, convenient, safe, and a furnace for heat. Ten inches long, six and a half inches wide, four inches high, and weighs but ten pounds. Made in two parts. First, a heating pad filled with X-radium, a wonderful substance, newly discovered, which absorbs heat like a sponge absorbs water. Place this pad on any stove or over a fire for 20 minutes, and it will get hot and remain piping hot for hours. Second, a receiving footrest into which the pad slips after being heated. Finely polished, nickel-plated, plush-covered. Don't suffer from cold feet or run the risk of grip and pneumonia, but send for an X-radium foot warmer and be prepared for inclement cold weather. If the dealer cannot... Blah, 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 blah. But yeah, I mean, there's that. There's also all this other stuff. Uh, people are ingesting this stuff as a health uh, remedy, and uh, people are infusing their water with it. They're putting it in their bathtubs. Yeah, There's but skull. With radium. But skull. People are slonking radium. Guys, guys, <laughs> the radium girls all died. Okay. One of them was even 107. Okay. So this is serious business. Okay, guys. <laughs> Methuselah so, looked down on her and was like, oh, about. damn. Like, seriously? Yeah, I, like, they really, they really use this May Keen woman. As like some sort of of a gotcha, yeah. The radium girls all died of radium poisoning. Oh yeah, really? How old was the old? One? Well, yeah, you know the oldest one was one hundred one hundred seven. 
I wonder if my <laughs> great grandmother used that because she was 105. Right? When she died. Can I get some radium, Reinhardt, please? And I get a Reinhardt's grandma be slonking that radium. <laughs> <laughs> you know oh who God, else? Slonking raw eggs. Well, right besi- yeah, all right. You know who else besides yeah, so. Keen and Galen Windsor was slonking radioactive stuff? Was it Mary Kelly. Melly Kelly, SpongeBob French voice. I can't. Yeah, I can't. Well, she's French. Melly Kelly and her husband. What was her husband's name? Yeah, Kelly. One Canadian slunk later. Yeah, exactly. One slunk later. Mary Curie is related to Helen Keller, right? Right. Oh yes, she is. They are so. They're like twin sisters. Like twin sisters. Yeah. Yeah. Neither of them existed. Um. Not in the way. Not in the way that you think she did. Marie Curie, or also known as Mercury. That's just amazing. Like when when I heard that, I was like that, you know. And and again, I'm you know I'm the Jordan Maxwell you know water down to the current sea guy, but it's true. Um, this is another one of those things. So yeah, Skull, do you want to do the breakdown? Do the breakdown on Marie Curie. Yeah. Okay. So, um, let me get the pictures in the chat. Okay, so there's this um, this person, this character <laughs> called Mary Curie, and her original name is some Polish name um, that I can't pronounce. But for some reason, her, her name was changed, and her last name was became Curie. I don't know, maybe that was just her husband's name. But it, it, in any case, isn't it interesting that her name, when you say Mary Curie, Mary Curie, Mary Curie, very quickly, it's it becomes Mercury. Yeah. And uh, doesn't the uh, coincidences don't stop there? So there's a Masonic, I don't know what the fuck it is, and all, all the Masonic shit just it's so creepy to me when I look at all these drawings with their fucking eyeballs and their weird symbols and their al- alchem- alchemical shit. I just get kind of grossed out when I look at it. And this is kind of one of those things, but the coincidences are just too off the charts to ignore. And so there's this thing called the Chamber of Reflection. And I'll just read uh, a little bit about it. Little is known about the precise origins of the Chamber of Reflection. There is some consensus that it first appeared in France around 1750, and the hermetic nature of its symbolism indicates the direct or indirect influence of the Rosicrucians, of course. Author and occultist Robert Amblin goes as far as suggesting the Rosicrucians deliberately infiltrated Masonic lodges in order to spread their ideas... Okay, blah, 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 blah. Chamber of Reflection is a small, darkened room adjoining the lodge room. So I guess it's, it's, a, it's an actual room in a Masonic lodge. It is a somber place of meditation and reflection for candidates for initiation into Freemasonry and is sometimes used in higher degrees. There's no specific list of contents, but it may contain either literally or in representation sub, such objects or images as a skull, a sickle or scythe, an hourglass, bread and water, Sulfur, salt, and a cockerel, which is a rooster, symbolizing Mary Kelly. As in addition, a lantern or candle or the acronym vitriol, V-I-T-R-I-O-L, see explanation below, which will come after. Uh, other texts or aphorisms may be written on the wall. So there's the three principles of alchemy are sulfur, salt, and mercury, and uh, they each have their own little symbol. And the Mercury symbol is the one we were talking about earlier, which is the Ankh with the moon on it. And I'm going to discuss a little bit more about that symbol because it comes into play after. 
So here's the story of Marie Curie summed up in the Chamber of Reflection. And when you hear this and you know that these people craft these narratives as magical spells, it's basically all you need to know to know that this whole thing was fake and gay. Um, in addition to the fact that, you know, she's introduced uh, as part of this grand historical narrative to discover radium and then radium is, um, you know, very popular. And then they find out it's just completely dangerous and it, it killed all the radium girls at 107 years of age. So they had to get rid of it, of course, for mm-hmm. our protection because they care so much about our health. So the Chamber of Reflection. Go ahead. 107. It's just amazing. 107. So the Masonic Chamber of Reflection, and uh, there's a there's like a chart. Okay, so you have Mercury at the top, the rooster, the cockerel, which represents Mercury, which represents Curie, <laughs> plus sulfur and salt uh, are framing an hourglass. So the hourglass represents time. So time spent in the laboratory, the alchemical laboratory. And then you have water and bread and a scythe, which is Mary Curie living a humble life. So they, the story, the backstory on her is that the, the lab that she worked in, they compared it to a potato cellar or a barn. And they talked about how poor the working conditions were. So, you know, she, she was just this, uh, oh, yeah, she was going to donate her gold Nobel Prize medal to the war effort in World War One because oh she didn't care about the gold and she didn't need it, but the, the state, uh, Switzerland wouldn't take the metal and they made her keep it. And so she donated the rest of her gold instead. So she lived a humble life. So that's what the, the water and the bread and then death, which is the skull in the chamber of reflection. So she died this tragic death. Okay. So vitriol is uh, visita interiora terre rectificando in vi- invenies occultum lapidum, which means in English, Visit the interior of the earth, and purifying it, you will find the hidden stone. Well, what is the hidden stone? The hidden stone is radium. Ra, 88. Mm. And, um, yeah, and the story is that she spent all this time, like, they discovered the elements of radium and polonium, but it was extremely difficult to extract them. And I think that they were saying they took a ton of, I forget which, which one it was. No, it was radium. It, they took a ton of, um, I, I forget what the stone was, some stone, and they took a ton of it to extract like this tiny little bit of radium. And it's just the story that they have with this vitriol and this Masonic Chamber of Reflection in narrative form, okay? But wait, there's more. <laughs> on this day in history, 1898, Mary and Pierre Curie discovered the radioactive element radium. On December 21st, 1898, 12 divided by 21 is 33, interestingly enough. I mean, that's just 12 more plus 21 of is those 33. Things. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, the Mercury, Mercury in Latin is Mercurius, and there's all these, there's this super famous quote by Mary Curie where she says, be less curious about people and more curious about ideas because, she, you know, she was a strong woman. And a uh, couple other things. Be Mercurius. Okay, so here's the, here's the real- Sorry? Be Mercurius, Mercury. Be Mercurius. Yeah, right. Okay, so here's the really interesting thing. Her husband died. Oh, boy. In 1906. And the way it happened was he had his skull crushed by one of those horse and buggy buggies in the middle of a crossroads. And so the symbol for fucking Mercury is 
The Ankh is the head, the circle is the head, the moon is the wheel, and the cross is the crossroads. And when he just managed to fall under the back wheel of this buggy and have his skull crushed by the wheel, uh, an innocent bystander standing by said, I can't read the French, but he said, uh, I translated it into English. Hold on. Uh, I don't have it. But anyway, he said, the, th this is the inventor of Mercury, Dr. Pierre Curie, who has had his skull crushed. Like, yeah, rather interesting thing to say about somebody. <laughs> How did they even recognize him with his fucking skull crushed and popped like a watermelon on the road? Well, it sounds a lot like, <laughs> yeah, like when, you know, when uh, Mary Todd Lincoln stood up and said, the president has been shot. You know, it's like another one of those things that yeah. didn't happen. Yeah, it's a, it's a narrative uh, yes. flourish, right? Yes. So he just uh, manages to play out the actual symbolism of Mercury, and then Mercury's name is Mercury, and then the Mercury is a crossroads, and the whole thing just like you start going, on, "What's your fucking threshold, guy?" After yeah. a while, the threshold was crossed several coinkinings ago. For some yeah. of us, for s <laughs> what you're you're still believing Mercury is real. No, others still believe Star Trek is real. I don't think they believe Star Trek is real. They just think it's good television. <laughs> good television? I know. Implying. It's an oxymor I know. I know. I know. I know. Guy. Come <clears throat> on, guy. <clears throat> I know. But no, of course, people are going to look at this and not see anything. Right. They're not going to see anything wrong. And yes, her her uh, maiden name was God, Sklovodska. Good Lord. She was she was Polish. Yes, Curie was her quote married name, and I think that married name was definitely revelation of the method. There's no way that's not. Yeah, I, no way I, it I, isn't. I have some funny stuff about her too. Uh, in the Wikipedia page, so it says she's Polish, right? So of course, the first thing you guys know, the first thing I looked up in the Wikipedia page, right? <laughs> early life. <laughs> I was like. Yeah, got to check that early life, and, and I was like, oh, I'm kind of disappointed there's no mention of Jewishness here. But then if you actually scroll down further, this is fucking hilarious. So check this out. Despite uh, Curie's fame as a scientist working for France, the public's attitude tended towards xenophobia, the same that had led to the Dreyfus Affair, which also fueled false speculation that Curie was Jewish. Jewish. During the French Academy. Yeah. Oh, oh, imagine my shock, right? I wonder why they suspected that. During the French Academy of Sciences elections, she was vilified by the right-wing press as a foreigner and an atheist. Her daughter later remarked on the French, French press's hypocrisy in portraying Curie as an unworthy foreigner, which is to say Jew probably too, uh, when she was nominated for a French honor, but portraying her as a French heroine when she received foreign honors such as the... No okay, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, in 1911, it was revealed that Curie was in a, a year-long affair with physicist Paul Langevin, a former student of Pierre Curie's a married man who was estranged from his wife. This resulted in a press scandal that was exploited by her academic opponents. Curie, then in her mid-40s, was five years older than Langman and was misrepresented in the tabloids as a foreign Jewish homewrecker. Dude, Dave, she looks <laughs> That's like... That's awesome. If you take that picture where it's like her, her, uh, her quote about be less curious about people and you just do the thing around her face with your fingers, that's a dude's face. I mean, I don't want to do the training yeah, thing here, yeah. but she has a very masculine upper lip and nose and eyebrow ridge profile looking thing there. That's a dude. Just the picture 
on Wikipedia kind of gives her the Innsmouth look. The wide-eyed. I would have. Yeah. I would have immediately thought Yentl. Yenta. You know, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. 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 Also, Yentl. now you're gonna now you're gonna do the low sexual dimorphism. Huh? Now you're gonna do low sexual dimorphism. Oh no! Like I, I mean, it's a masculine look. Just the, the, yeah, it's a masculine look, but just like it, it's not even like crypto Jewish with this one. No, right? I, I Mary mean, Curie definitely it, looks like a Jew. Uh, yeah. But yeah, everything about this story is fake. It's it's really really fake. You know this whole this whole you know you know she had an affair with this guy and blah blah blah. If she was even real at all, yeah, you know right, right. that's the whole so, thing. If she was even real, yeah, implying like this person even existed. It's right. like fucking. I mean, Helen Keller was real. Uh, there's photographs of this deaf could, blind person. Yeah, I mean, there's video, at least video of Helen Keller speaking with a British accent. Yeah, how did she get a British accent? Pretty weird. I I guess they they tapped it. They tapped the British accent into her fingers. They yeah, right. Yeah, there's there's a certain way that you can tap the dots for a Cockney accent. Oh, I see. As opposed to a Northerner. Yeah. Yeah. Could you imagine if I'm not done with Mary Mary Curie? There's even more fake and gay shit. Oh, Um, cool. Go. So what 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 did you guys hear about the way that she died? Remember? Did do you ever remember hearing about how she died? Well, we're we're always told it's radiation poisoning. Yeah, radiation right, poisoning right. from handling uranium or radium, right? right. Radium and, and polonium for all those years, oh, right? That's right, the polonium. So that's what I always heard too. And that and so if you check Wikipedia, this is just the most like I, it's like uh, let's play a game of uh, spot the contradiction and you, you'll um, you'll win like a hundred points with this one. So let's here's how, how Wikipedia describes her death. The damaging effects of ionizing radiation were not known at the time of her work, which had been carried out without the safety measures later developed. She had carried test tubes containing radioactive isotopes in her pocket, and she stored them in her desk drawer, remarking on the faint light that the substances gave off in the dark. Curie was also exposed to X-rays from unshielded equipment while serving as a radiologist in field hospitals during the war. Hmm. In fact, here's where it gets good. When Curie's body was exhumed in 1995, the French Office de Protection contre les rayonnements ionisants, so uh, ionizing <laughs> radiation office, concluded that she could not have been exposed to lethal levels of radiation while she was alive. Huh. The fucking Weird. Office of Radiation said that she could not have been exposed to radiation, uh, lethal levels of radium. While she was alive. 16 years ago. Yeah. They pointed out that radium poses a risk only if it is ingested, which I I don't even believe that's true, probably. And speculated that her illness was more likely to have been due to her use of radiography during the First World War. So she was sitting there doing x-rays constantly without any protection. That's probably why she actually died early. Yeah, x-rays. Saying that she died early. She died at 66. I mean, it's not exactly like... Super young. No, it's not like she's she died in her thirties or anything. Uh, and also, yeah, she the the uh, X rays are actually really bad. I mean, like still to this day, like you know, you got to put the lead apron on when you're getting yeah. your tooth X rayed, and the nurse goes outside of the room behind the whole lead shield. She's like, I'm not even going to be in the same room with you. Yeah, so it's I love that clearly. I know it makes you feel real comfortable, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah. 
Can't wait to find out what's wrong with my teeth. Right. Mm. Uh, but yeah. So and, and, but I was and say- Wikipedia doesn't stop there though. It tells you like she didn't die from this, but it suggests that she died from that. They're talking about the damaging effects of ionizing radiation were not known at the time of her work, but then the French office says that she didn't die from ionizing radiation. Then it says, uh, where's the part? Okay, skip one paragraph. And then it says, because of their levels of radioactive contamination, listen to this shit. Her papers from the 1890s are considered too dangerous to handle. Does it remind you of dinosaur bones? Yes. Even her cookbook are highly radioactive. Her papers are kept in lead-lined boxes, and those who wish to consult them must wear protective clothing. Bullshit. Blah, 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 blah. Right? And so it just fucking said that the the radiation is only dangerous if you fucking ingest it right which like how many, and if how you ingest it you was how the paragraph. that's how the radium girls died because the what's her face may keen there she licked she you know she tasted the paintbrush that's how she got sick yeah paint from the licking radium paint, paint. there was uh, thermite sure paint, paint in the building have anything to do with it. right <laughs> Sorry, Jesse Ventura. So, yeah, so all of this shit happens, and then they outlaw radium. Isn't that, you know, imagine my shock. How convenient. I mean, yeah, exactly. The, one accident, one Van thing Go happens. Went crazy from the lead in his paint, and that's why he cut off his ear and sent it to that chick. Oh, Van Gogh is right, from right, lead? Right. He was huh? eating lead paint chips? I thought well, it was yeah. anal sex. No. Not well, memeing. Like, syphilis. Oh. Okay. Oh. So, oh. so oh, yeah, weird. so they had the one... They had the, the you know, the one uh, thing that happened, the one bad thing, like the Hindenburg, you know, can't have airships anymore. The one, one thing, when big bad thing happened, can't have for anybody ever again. Yep. Just, but it was with the woman who, quote, discovered it. Right. So that they, makes it worse, Reinhardt. The woman who, the quote, woman who discovered, discovered it. it actually died of it. Don't you get it? Right. There was a Jewish movie so it's that made the me cry. It's like, oh. <laughs> there was a Jewish movie that made me cry because this is of the why music that they put to the scene. foot warmers. Yeah, what? The f- we don't get foot warmers now. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking Jews. Now we get car ass warmers who no. report on you when you're sending white nationalist anti-vax texts. <laughs> I can't. I, I can't slunk my radium while I have my car ass warmer and my foot warmers on. Yeah, you know. But, yes. You know what though, guys? Because of Marie Curie. I'm. Well, yeah, but I'm Remember glad I'm not on that list of top twelve influencers that must be stopped by the Biden administration. I mean, the fact that that list exists is hilarious, and the people that are on it makes it even funnier. But um, the 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 joke is is they're gonna they're gonna eventually go after everybody that they don't like. So that's not a joke. If only it were a joke. Yeah, yeah. they can't wait. They can't wait. They can't wait for that stuff. Jen Psaki's been like chomping at the bit recently with her little pink communist hat. Um, but anyways, back to radium and mercury. Faking gay, guys. Literally another another historical figure debunked as fake and gay on the paranormies. Yep. Oh, and the last thing I have about her is that she was, I mean, the whammon angle, right? The strong whammon of and course. how she faced all of this adversity from evil patriarchal men. Of course. But she went on to win the Nobel Prize. And that, and that, Student's name was Millie Kelly. <laughs> that man's name was Albert Einstein. Yes. Yeah. Man. Yeah, right. 
implying implying <laughs> implications <laughs> Im implying implications yes that jewish man's name was mary curie that's right <laughs> several transvestigations later <laughs> yes that's that's a nice <laughs> all right ah you're gonna need to slog some radium for this one boys this one's gonna be that's a right <laughs> tune up the radium bong guys God, this show title has to have slonking radium somewhere in there. Yes. <laughs> it will. It will. It has slonking radium with Alt Skull. No. That's, that would... <laughs> in a star fort. A picture of Alt... The, the, the picture has to be Alt Skull in a trench coat holding it open. He goes, hey, kids, want to slonk some radium? <laughs> <laughs> With the, with the Homer Simpson uranium bars in the in the now, trench coat, right? Now he can't be wearing a trench coat. He's got to be wearing a Rage Against the Machine concert tee. Well, he can be wearing yeah. a Rage Against the Machine concert tee under the trench coat. There we go. Uh, good lord, it's gonna be a hell of a Photoshop job. I I know. Ryan yeah, Hart, get Sorry, Ryan Hart. contact my brother. <laughs> yeah. Um. Jeez. Yeah. All right. All right. So let's cut out for me. Let's uh, let's wrap and roll this up. Uh, who has creepy pasta duties this week? Uh, might be me. All right, cool. Yeah, you guys, need me to do something. Just let me know. Yeah, no, it's it's me. I will have a creepy pasta. Cool. So Reinhardt's going to do a creepy pasta. We're going to get out of here. Before we do that, make sure you check out everybody here on Telegram. Alt Skull, your channel is uh, what t.me slash Alt Skull Mirror? Yeah, A L T Skull Mirror, M I R R O R, as in mirror, mirror on the wall, which never existed in this reality. <laughs> there we go again with the Mandela. And <laughs> it's true, though. Yeah, no, it's, it's true. Um, ours is t.me slash The Paranormies Present. Guys, do your thing. Uh, Chupacabra Kennel, t.me slash Chupacabra underscore Kennel. Uh, t.me slash Nephilim Hour. Um, going back to work, so I apologize for the drip in content, but hidden history, Nephilim. A lot of crazy stuff. Jack. And uh, t.me slash Jackson Terrell Shitposts, also Necronormicon, and also Ascending the Spectrum. That's right. You can check him out on Ascending the Spectrum on Americaner.org as well. I'm going to be going on there pretty soon. We're going to talk about uh, Hyperborea. That's going to be we fun. We both are. Yes, Reinhardt's coming too. It's going to be a good fun. time. It'll be a good time, yeah. Get hype for that. All right. We're going to get out of here. Skull, thanks for joining us. Uh, thanks for taking time out of your morning. Thank you, guys. Always a pleasure. Hell yeah. All right, guys. We're getting out of here. We'll see you all later. Time travel makes you gay. Buy the new Panned Worlds album. It's just a costume. It's just a costume. It's just a costume. I whisper as I stare into the milky white eyes looking back at me. My heart is pounding in my chest. It's still there. My blood is flowing. I'm alive. Everything is fine. It's just a costume. I touch the ridges of the painted latex prosthetics cautiously, expecting to feel the warmth of my body heat, but it's cold, and a little damp from the fake blood. 
Corn syrup, I think. It's not just my face that's convincing. It's the whole package. The shredded clothes, the intestines hanging from my belly, the fake arm they stuffed at a broken angle. It's a sight to behold. But it isn't why I'm so scared. It's just a costume. It's just a costume. Every time the makeup artist comes by for a touch-up, I can't help but feel this growing hunger in my stomach. I can't help but look at her hairline and imagine myself plunging my teeth into her skin. She had some green and a bit of yellow to look like pus, I think. My hair gets tussled about. I can hear screams in the distance. They're filming another scene, and I'm not in it, obviously. She gets called away for a makeup emergency, leaving me alone with my reflection once again. It's just a costume. The blackened, chipped teeth, the destroyed eye cavity, the ripped earlobe, the fake appendages. My stomach does somersaults. I'm so hungry, but I can't eat until I film my scene. It'll ruin the makeup. The smell of the hairdresser as he walks by makes my mouth water. It's just a costume. Thank God, it's time for my scene. I get ushered into a room that looks like, and is described in the scene as generic office interior. All I need to do is chase the actor across the room before he slams the door in my face at the last possible second. The first take goes okay. They tell me I shambled a bit too fast. Second take is worse. I'm feeling self-conscious and faint. The other actor has this musk to him, an aroma like steaks on a grill. I chase him across the room time and time again, but on the what, 12th take? My stomach lurches. I catch him before he can shut the door. I catch my prey, and I sink my teeth into him. It's just a costume, I whisper in a trembling voice as I peel away from his throat. But his blood doesn't taste like corn syrup. <laughs>